is the Force, and a powerful ally it is. Life creates it, makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall be not this crude matter. You must feel the Force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. feeling about this. Welcome to episode 116 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And there is no Will Witten this week. He's a busy guy, couldn't uh, free up some time to record, so you know what I do. I call in backup, and boy, do I have an awesome backup partner this week. He's a costumer extraordinaire. He is a martial arts master, karate master, ninja master, samurai master, all the masters. He is part of the podcast that made me want to start doing a Star Wars podcast, and I am very lucky to consider this guy a friend. It's your good friend and mine, Mr. Sal Perales. What is up, brother? You, I'm, I'm worried about all the masters now because now I feel like people are going to be stepping out of the streets and being like, yo, dude, you're a master? Like, let's go. <laughs> Challenge time. And I'm going to throw hands more often than usual. going to be like, well, I mean, today give me a lightsaber, though. <laughs> let's go. So uh, how you been, buddy? Been all right, man. Same as usual. Just staying busy, staying here, keeping up with all the Star Wars stuff. So uh, I'm actually getting, I'm actually pretty excited lately that I've caught up more than usual on, uh, you know, like a lot of the books and stuff that I fall behind on. Oh, right on. Uh, so have you have you read Phasma? I am like two thirds to three quarters of the way through Phasma right now. I listened to that one and really enjoyed it. So Did you finish it? I did. Okay. Is it just... I wanted to ask you this earlier, but I didn't want to say anything if you hadn't read it. So far, is it just me or it feels like Survivor slash Lost? It does. And you know what? King Tom sent me a message um, on Twitter and he was like, by the way, that whole shit with Phasma at the beginning and like her... her uh, you know, her technology devoid planet, that's totally lost. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And like how they, 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 they find there's like an arrival try. Like, oh, dude, there's so much stuff, dude. I really like that book so far. Like I'm working through it. The, the good thing about um, I'm doing audiobooks as well right now because, you know, when I'm cleaning the garage and working in costumes, 
I can put it on and, you know, roll through it. You know what I mean? Right. So I like I crushed Inferno Squad. I crushed Leia. I like all the ones that I fell behind on I finally finished. Yeah. And now I'm on Phasma. Yeah. I um, really dope so far. Yeah. I The audio books are key for me because of time. And like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not trying to make myself sound like the busiest guy in the world. I definitely have different priorities when I have free time than sitting down and reading. Like a lot of time right. I'm like, uh, I want to hang out with Jesse or we, we're going to go out and do errands or stuff. Cause we sort of operate on different schedules when she, like the day she works a lot of times she works at night. So I'm home at night working mm-hmm. or playing video games or whatever. So, um, yeah, the audiobooks are key for me being able to get through the stuff and I'm so far behind. There's so many, that I haven't either finished or haven't even started. Leia is next up on my list. Leia's really good. That's what I heard. I heard I like it a lot. Some yeah. interesting things about Leia too that I'm interested to like, sort of crack into. The some of the coolest things about Leia is like being able to spend more time with her parents. Like that's really cool. Like in that relationship. You know For what I mean? sure. That is really cool because that's not something yeah, we've really gotten before, at least as far as I can remember, like we've got a bit of bail, you know, yeah. but as he shows far up as, in the Clone Wars and everything. Yeah. As far as his wife and <clears throat> Leia's mom, like I don't know much about her. So, yeah, that's going to change, dude. Like she's in this book in a big, bad way and getting to know her is pretty fucking cool. You know, like it turns out like, yeah, you know what? It, it's cool. Like she's fucking cool. I like her a lot. And, uh, yeah, this this book you get to know her. There's also like another character who shows up somewhere else in the canon who I really loved in the Leia book. So like when you finish that one, let me know, dude, and then we'll talk. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, there's another character that I really liked. Yeah, we'll we'll steer away from book spoilers for the main part because I know I've got a couple of listeners that are big on avoiding those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, typically how I approach them because I know it may be a little while. Is I'll yeah. le- I'll read like the what's important to canon synopsis of them before I dive in, because okay. even even if I know with the books, I'm still gonna enjoy them or not enjoy them depending right. on enjoy like, the ride. Yeah. So, um, but I like to have like the important stuff for canon in my head for you know discussion purposes and stuff. Right. Um, so I know a lot of what happens in Leia like broad strokes. I don't know. Um, Okay. All the the minor details. Man, Claudia Gray, what a find, right? Yeah, she's like nonstop, like on fire every book. Like she has not had a stumble or slow moment or anything since she's been. Uh, every book she's written has been like on fire from the fans and even you know the uh, the critics, which is a tough thing to do in Star Wars because there's so many people who just want to like shit on everything as immediately as it drops. Okay, you know what I, mean? I, I I totally know what you mean, uh, and and uh, a buddy of ours, um, that runs the Alliance of Star Wars Fanatics always says nobody hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans. Sometimes he ain't lying. He ain't lying. <laughs> but we gotta be fair. Like that heir to the Jedi book, that was rough, my man. That was rough. Yeah, that was rough, dude. The damn I liked tootle the idea. <laughs> And I liked like some of the story and some of the characters, but yeah, out of all the books so far, definitely the worst one. Yeah, I had trouble with that one. I also had trouble with the first Battlefront book. I haven't read Inferno Squad, which I hear is great. I hear nothing 
I'm, I'm a little of the ways into Inferno Squad, but when the uh, the Journey to the Force Awakens stuff started coming out, I was like, ah, gotta read or not Force Awakens, Last Jedi right. stuff. Right. Started coming uh, out. Inferno Squad was really really good, and it wasn't what I the, the first Battlefront book. I actually really liked. Right on. But um, like I think it was very much more of like. I don't know, maybe what some people thought when they heard like, oh, Rogue One's going to be like a war movie. Like that book felt like what some people thought a Rogue One movie was going to be. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So like that was, but there was like really, really cool things. Like they went to Sullust and stuff. Like so Mm. people like me were hella excited. And then you got to see a little bit of the bigger plan. Like how after the Death Star, the rebellion like really pushed its forces and it was emboldened. And then six months later, they had to, like, draw their lines back, like, and start retreating because, like, they were losing too much ground. Right. They got a little like too, that, too yeah, that hasty after that uh, whole Death Star deal. I thought that was super cool what and, like, you, super interesting. What do you think about I, – I just saw this uh, maybe, like, an hour or so before we started recording. Um, what do you think about this whole The Last Jedi novelization not releasing until March of next year? I think that's just – Spoilers, dude. I think so I think that's too. All that is. That's exactly what that is. I mean, because they've been doing it lately. Like, the, what is it? Like, the ebooks used to drop on the day, mm-hmm. or for Force Awakens, that's what it was, right? The ebook dropped on the day, and the book didn't come out a month till a month later. Right. That way, nobody at the warehouse fucking shipped one or pocketed one and sent it to his buddy or whatever, you know. And everybody knew the whole thing. I'm guessing that's what's happening. Yeah. You know, and it could also be a an. I don't know how r- much they think about this, but you got to think March. That's pretty close to April. April's probably when The Last Jedi is going to be out on Blu-ray and stuff. So I could see yeah. them holding that as part of like sort of some tie-in merchandise for the Blu-ray yeah. release maybe. Yeah. Um, it kind of sucks for like people who want, you know, because a lot of people will get into, you know, they want to get in the story deeper where, where a book you can do that, you know deeper than the movie you know what i mean yeah I, so i'll say personally um <laughs> besides the phantom menace i've never been one of those dudes that read the book before the movie like back in the day when the prequels came out i did right. read the phantom menace before <clears throat> but it, it it was nice to like get the ebook or something the last two years and sort of read that in between viewings you know that that was kind yeah. of a neat little experience so. i i i'm not huge on the like novelizations of the movies because i feel like i already saw them i mean they do add stuff and it is kind of cool but it's just never been like i so much would rather read a new adventure but i know that there are people that want to see the story the deeper story or you know like really really get into the meat of it with the novelization that you can do that you can't do in a movie so but just the world we live in dude is it's all spoilers all the time somebody they know somebody's at the factory or whatever you know is going to drop a book in their pocket and you know fucking yeah whoever is gonna have the whole thing up you know november 15th yeah yeah if they if they release it so they're just trying to keep everything you know in addition to all the other crap that leaks you know oh yeah i mean i totally get it and totally understand it's yeah. just um you know i could see why maybe some people would be bummed i'm like you it's like Certain of the novel, like the original trilogy novelizations were real important to me as a kid because of the little tiny bits of information. Like the first time I ever heard about 
oh, Darth Vader's all fucked up in that suit because he fell into a volcano. That was from the Return of the Jedi right. novelization. And, you know, reading about the whole uh, Jabba meeting with Han and A New Hope before, you know, I saw it in the special editions right. came from the book and stuff. So that was cool. Um, as far as the prequel novelizations, I don't know. I never really got into them except for Revenge of the Sith, which I thought was really, really good. Um, the Attack of the Clones one had some interesting like added scenes. I remember there was one of Django and Boba fishing on Kamino. Oh shit, that's cool. I don't think I, I didn't do that one. I think oh, I really? did. I think I did three, and I think I did one. I think I skipped two. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, but the the thing that gets me with the books is like for something like let's say that Django and Boba scene it's pretty inconsequential as far as like canon goes like, right right it doesn't matter if that's canon or not right um and i know their sort of official company line is everything in the books is canon unless it's contradicted by something in like a movie or a tv right. show which and i think that's the line for like a lot of these novelizations that have come out before Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like those ones specifically, like, especially the episodes like four five and six ones. Cause you know, there's those famous things about like, Oh man, they talk about how they had a dog, you know, like, right. In, uh, I think it's the a new hope one. Right. Right. Uh, so I think it's more meant towards that. I think in the future and the books that we're getting now, I think the things that are canon much more line up with what's in the book, not, like, I think you can take the book as canon, even if it's not in the movie, because I think it was definitely something that was intended for the movie and something that they felt enough to keep it in the book right. going forward. Well, see, I, I can agree with that. But then there's little stuff in like um, the Force Awakens novelization, right? That makes me wonder. And it's tiny stuff like in the last <clears throat> in the last duel between Ray and Kylo, when Ray pulls the saber to her. She, he, uh, Kylo goes, it is you, it's you right. as if he has some sort of reckon. That's how I took it. At least is he had some sort of recognition of her. Right. Yeah. And the way I took it more like the awakening that they felt. I think that that was what they meant. And that's, you know, cause then Snoke yeah. speaks to her and stuff. Right. Right. That's the other thing. The Snoke thinking, uh, speaking to her stuff, like telling her to kill Kylo, like, yeah, that's a cool part of the book, but if that's never referenced or shown again in the movies, then it doesn't matter, you know? Um, so I find, and I think The Force Awakens was <clears throat> probably a pretty unique situation because of how on lockdown it was, you know? And, and the fact that that movie was uh, in flux during production quite a bit. Um, you know, there was some, some rewrites and stuff done when they had to take that break because... Uh, Harrison Ford right. broke his ankle and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're definitely enjoyable the novelizations, but I don't get excited about them as same as much as I did about Phasma or Leia or Bloodline, which is still my favorite of the new yeah. canon to this day. I mean, I take all the things just as what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like. I'm not waiting for them to be like, man, you better explain why you said that was you in the next movie. And also like little things like Boba and Django fishing. Like I, I know it's not important to the canon, but that just seems like a cool little scene. And I'd like, you know, as a Boba fan, I'm sure you were kind of stoked. Yeah. I don't it, know if you're a Boba fan of young Boba. 
Oh, I really like Young Boba. I like Young Boba too, man. And and that's the thing. It was cool because you got to see a little more of a father-son deal uh, yeah. between him and Django instead of like, you know. <clears throat> you don't really see that connection between them in the movie, mainly because, you know, it's a movie and they only have so much time yeah. to devote to what is essentially the B and sometimes C storyline in the plot, you know? So, um, well, so this week we're going to talk about the new director for episode nine, which I'm very stoked about. Since we got Sal here, we're going to talk a little Rebels, and we're going to talk about, uh, once again, another book, the uh, From a Certain Point of View anthology that's coming out. Um, so we've got a, a pretty full plate, some cool stuff to talk about. Since we're already talking about books, why don't we just roll it into this from a certain point of view anthology that's coming out in October, right? Uh, yes, October 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so not not too far from now. Um, it is essentially sort of a throwback to those Star Wars Tales books, but um, from what I understand, it's pretty much being put out to sort of commemorate the 40th anniversary, right? Right, right. And uh, yesterday, they spent pretty much the entire day teasing little quotes and stuff from the different authors and and the stories they're covering. There's going to be a you know a story about R five D four. I'm sure he's not force sensitive. <laughs> Every time somebody brings that up, I keep going like because they keep like shitting on the old EU with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that was like just a fun story. Yeah. I, they just did. It was canon. It I, never was. I can't remember who it was that recently I tried to explain to them. Like th- yeah. there's, there's that one. And what's the other one that always gets brought up? Uh, and yes, I agree. That's a dumb concept and it didn't work for me. Um, it was funny. I remember reading the book and then I remember reading it to the kids because I thought because they thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, but even but yeah, even back then in the Wild West days of the EU where like there was never a specific. Oh, yeah, the, this is all canon. They never even considered that canon like those Star right, Wars right. tales, comics and stuff were never considered even part of the existing EU canon. Right. It was right. separate. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it looks like we're going to get, like I said, uh, an R5-D4 story. It looks like Gary Whitta is writing uh, a story that ties into Rogue One and A New Hope, which makes sense since he sort of wrote right. the first draft. And it's about uh, Ramus. It's about mm-hmm. Captain Antilles. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, hey, speaking of Captain Antilles, did it ever bother you like when you first went to see... Um, the Phantom Menace when they're like talking about the other nominees for Chancellor and they're like Bale Antilles from Alderaan and I was like wait a second because I remember back then it's one of those things I don't remember where I got it from but I knew that Leia's dad was Bale Organa right so like I was like Bale Antilles from Alderaan like are they fucking with me are they changing stuff and then like I remember them being like no Bale is just a uh, a common name. Bob. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like the Bob of Alderaan. You know what I was just thinking? Like, I was actually thinking about that, like, this week. And I thought, um, what if Bale's name was Antilles and he married into the House of Organa? Like, what if he took her? Because she's the queen, dude. 
Oh, you know what I mean? I just I just thought I don't even know if that's canon or anything or what. But I thought because like 10 years ago, he, he could have been a senator or whatever uh-huh. who represented the house. And then eventually he marries the queen. House Organa takes the Organa name like that could happen conceivably. That I it makes sense to me. If they came out and explained that, I'd be like, well, there you go. Yeah. Like if he was just a senator for the planet back in the day and then like he ended up marrying the queen and then like now he's Bale Organa and it's the same Bale because that was my thing. I was like, why isn't it a Bale Organa? Right, right. It wasn't really that it was Bob like they were. I was like, well, either way, why the fuck is it Bale Organa? And then that also means that like his cousin Ramus pilots their crew. Like he's like, yeah, I'll get you a job, dude. You can shuttle my daughter around. And then Wedge is somewhere in that family line, I'd imagine. Right. Well, Wedge is from from Corellia. Mm -hmm, Maybe. mm -hmm. Maybe we don't even know anymore. You know, so either is reason, but yeah, we should check that uh, Star Wars data bank or whatever. See if he's still from Korea. <laughs> so, as a, someone that was a big fan of the EU uh, stuff back in the day, and I read quite a bit. I am nowhere near as well read as you, but I kept up as well as I could. Right. right. Um, it did get ridiculous at one point. Yeah, but that's bound to happen after yeah. you know that many years, and then just constantly pushing the story further and further out right right um how hard has it been for you because this was tough for me is is sort of resetting your mind and not including some of the information like like you just said the wedge from Corellia thing like right it for me i like i remember i'm really good at remembering like a lot of these quote-unquote facts like, I'm really good with names and facts and things like that. Like, if you guys don't notice, I'll be the one that's like, oh, man, that was like the such and such, uh, you know, Mirax Terak from, you know, who's Booster's daughter. Like, right. I'm really good at pulling these names and, like, I remember them. But I'm also, I kind of always knew what it was because it was always stated. Like, once you say, even as a child, when they're like, okay, there's G canon, which is like George, <laughs> and then there's this, like... Once you're telling me that there's multiple realities, like, I'm already like, oh, okay. So I enjoyed the books and they were fun and they were like, like, I knew that it was up to me in my head to work it all together. You know, from the first episode one, when like the Clone Wars hasn't happened yet. And then you have Thrawn over here being like, well, 60 years ago, the Clone War, we were using these dreadnoughts or whatever. Right, right. So that right away told me like okay that they don't give a fuck about this and then like the new stuff that would come out would try to tie in and then eventually that stuff would get overwritten too like and the biggest thing was probably like uh like the clone wars i remember you know i don't have to be like well where are all of these jedi prison ships that are in use in dark empire that were supposedly in use so heavily to imprison jedi in the clone wars yeah yeah i know that's not the way it happened but i like the story and i'm interested in like what the real story is. I never really worried about it because I was already like, eh, like they cloned the emperor, dude. It is what it is. Right. Like it's, it's clear like that. This is a really cool story and there's some really cool panels, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it was always not the, I always knew that it was secondary. Yeah. You know, and then once the worst cartoon came out that like really, hit up everything that was even more recent, you know, cause it was, it was one thing when a, a movie came out, you know, five or six years after a book that somebody had written and it sort of contradicted that. Then it was for like the clone wars cartoon to come out and contradict comics that came out like a year or two ago after the movies that had come out, 
You know what I mean? So that was more of the like, yeah, he really doesn't give it like he he has his own idea of what's happening here. So yeah. when they said, hey, by the way, we're, we're like wiping all of this stuff and we're going to start making all of our things make sense and tie in together. That's what I always wanted anyway. It just like all of the stuff would tie in with itself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the books would make references and characters from other books and things like that. And the comic books all sort of lived in the universe, but they never really crossed over. Like nothing would show up. Like the closest thing we got was Ayla Securia showed up in the movie and they said Master Voss moved his troops to Seleucami. Well, that was the a, most canon that we got from anything into a film. There was some other stuff. Like, wasn't Coruscant first mentioned in, was it? It was in Heir to, to the, the Empire? Empire? Or but was it Coruscant, Dark Empire? It was in Heir to the Empire. Well, Heir to the Empire came out first. Right. It was in both of them. But Coruscant, like, was from, they got the name from, like, previous drafts of George Lucas scripts. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that's wasn't a little like George different. Lucas was like, oh, I'll use your planet. Like, they had used his planet, and he just took it back. Yeah. Double-bladed you know, lightsabers. That's one. That was originally in Tales of the Jedi. That's true. Um, I mean, I kind of, like, yeah. I mean, I it's hard to say that George was like, ooh, I want that, when it just, it's one of those things that, like, even as a kid before seeing that, it's something you kind of imagined. You know what I mean? Right, Like, right. ooh, a lightsaber that's staff. More, yeah. That's more to, like, the idea of what I think is the reality of it like and i think the same thing with the cross guard saber when that came out everybody pointed to this republic comic of the jedi that had one and he's like well this guy has a cross blade so cross blades have been like now that, that all of these comics are canon no dude like just some dude has a cross blade lightsaber that's canon <laughs> yeah just calm down think about how long like you know i get a little impatient with star wars not for in a bad way it's just like there's certain things i would like them to explore that they haven't done yet and right. you got to think how long it took them to get to, like, the Tales of the Jedi and the Old Republic era back in the old EU days. They'll get there eventually with this yeah. new canon. You know, I am, I, I got to be honest, I'm a little tired of the in-between A New Hope and Empire time frame right now. I'm right there with you. I'm totally right there with you. But, uh, no, no, no buts. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for them to get over that like little hump, and I'm thinking maybe once this trilogy closes out, mm -hmm. maybe they'll be allowed to move. Like, because I want to move post Return of the Jedi. Like right now, that's the most fertile, interesting ground of stories <coughs> that we haven't seen at a point in the lives of the characters we haven't seen. Because it's like, it's new to a point. You know, like we already have Force Awakens, so we know where they end up. We know she's going to be a general. We know he's going to be, uh, you know, hunting Rathtars, and we know Luke's going to be on an island. In 30 years, but you still got a lot of time to play with, dude. Yeah. Um, so we we're talking about the, uh, the from a certain point of view. Um, is there any of these teases that stuck out to you most um, uh, that got you excited? There was one for me that I was really excited about and not the one most people would think. Right. Um, well, the, I think that we're talking about the same one, probably the Wills one, right? Yes, that is fascinating to me. That is really cool and really crazy. Mm -hmm. So right away, that's just a lot of these so far. I really like, like there's a, the one by EK and Ashley. It says like Mira Larte did something and the little symbol is like a Yavin metal. And if you read Ahsoka, that's one of the characters that's in that book. Mm -hmm. So I like to me, I'm like, Oh shit. Like one of the characters who was like, 
who had met Ahsoka, like now maybe probably joined the rebellion, you know, 15 years later is still fighting at Yavin, mm-hmm. you know, or at least working around the base, making medals. I don't know. Like <laughs> the pictures <laughs> of a medal. Maybe she's just like, hey, I'll just I'll work you guys out a couple of medals. Um, um, <clears throat> yeah, I like that one. I really like seeing what Afra's up to. Right. Which is interesting because this is before the comics take place after like we're familiar with the Afra in the comics, which is after a new hope. So like we would be seeing her before she met Vader or anything like that. Right. Um, um yeah, yeah, that's cool. Now the, the journal of the wheels wills one, uh, like, so they have little excerpts on these images, these teaser images. Yeah. And it says, may the force be with me as I began the sacred task of writing in the journal of the wills. Um, man, I'd like, I don't know how easy it'll be to skip around in the audio book version of this, but I'm going straight to that. Like that. I gotta know <laughs> that one immediately. Right. Uh, I gotta know the wills is such a interesting concept for me because I just remember as a kid, you know, the, a new hope novelization uh, right. s- starts with sort of an excerpt from the journal of the wills. And it's one of those things that I was always like, ah, that they're never going to explore that. That's like uh, Yoda's yeah. race and stuff. But it seems okay. with each new sort of release from Star Wars, they're going to get into that. I mean. Right. I like the idea. And I like the. Um, did you read Guardian of the Wills? Guardians did, of the Wills? I didn't. How was it? It was it was cool. It was like really cool, fun little adventure. It was basically what you think, like those two fools tooling around, you know, saving people in, in Jeddah. City, right. Right. But. Like in between every chapter, there were like all of these cool little quotes from either like the Journal of the Wills or various masters of whatever, you know, like because apparently like the temples there, like the way that they say it is like many of the people that worship the force or the kyber crystals or whatever come. So it's not just Jedi and it's not just the, you know, uh, the I guess the wills or what, you know, like there's like. Oh, these these other people that worship this aspect and these Kyber priests and these this and in each chapter there are like all these little quotes and some of them are like really really oh, they're all really really cool they like remind me of like these really cool old like Tao or Kung Fu like Confucius style sayings oh right on but like there's a lot of them like like I said between every chapter there's like a, it, it it all opens with a quote from whatever specific priest or whatever and it's uh it's actually pretty cool like just for that little if you just want to like go to the store and open up the beginning of a chapter just check it out dude right on yeah i'll I'll have to check that out um that's definitely one of the ones that's on my list to to get through it's just (laughs) what's crazy they they put out like it seems you know when a movie's coming out like on force friday they put out what three books or four books or something with more to come and then same thing with the previous two movies. And then in between movies, we get three to four other huge books. So it's a lot to keep up with. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, another one I find interesting uh, is this Obi-Wan uh, story we're going to get. But not like Obi-Wan in between episodes three and four. Not Clone Wars Obi-Wan. It's mm-hmm. Obi-Wan like after he dies. Like, right after. Yeah. And the excerpt says, 
Uh, my name is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I am dead. I know how that sounds. Crazy old Ben with his crazy old stories. But this isn't crazy. This is happening. At least I think it is. I, that's That sounds fascinating to me. Yeah. I so want to hear the rest of it. Like, when you read it at first, you're just like, this sounds like Ferris Bueller or something. But if you, like, yeah. if you put the voice to it, you're like, oh, like, this could be really cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious to see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to see what they do with the Tanika sisters. There's one, uh, I think it's called You Owe Me a Ride. And it's about the Tanika sisters. Right. So it it really does one. remind me of those old Tales books. You know, Moss yeah, Island yeah. Cantina, uh, Death Star, Bounty Hunters. They did one, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, right? Yeah. Of course. They and did. they did like Tales of the Empire and Tales mm-hmm. of the New Republic and stuff yeah. like that. We actually got a few. Did you read the uh, Tales Aliens from Maz oh, Kanata's uh, Castle? Yeah, the one that was like the compilation of all the little yeah. e-stories they put out. That was okay. pretty good. Constable Zufio starring <laughs> fucking shot, dude. The, oh, oh, can, all right, <laughs> so let's break from the topic for just a second. Okay. Okay. J.J. Abrams, I I is, okay, Abrams is coming back for episode nine. Yep. There's rumors that they're going to be going back to Abu Dhabi, that there may be a return to Jakku. Do it, J.J., do it. Put put Zuvio in a scene, please. Like, I don't know that I would have a bigger, dumber smile than if I went to see episode nine and out of nowhere, I see Constable Zuvio actually in the movie. I'd be like, <laughs> he made it. Old Raiden hat made it. Dude, you know what would be great? Just like, just to fuck with everybody, like put him in the background, but like every shot. Like, he just keeps popping up everywhere. They, like, run from one side of the town to the other. <laughs> Somebody's chasing him, and he's uh, he's over there, too. Zuvio's always watching. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so I got to address one of these. Go ahead. Because, as has been established, I'm a huge Boba Fett fan. And mm-hmm. my boy Boba's getting his own story. Yep. And I got to say, his excerpt didn't leave me kind of hopeful. Because okay. they're kind, in my opinion at least, kind of making him sound like a little bit of a cheese dick. And this is the expert excerpt. And this yeah. is like <clears throat> a quote from Boba in the story. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy the whispers of surprise when I walked onto the scene. That's right, boys. Fett's here. <laughs> oh uh, God. <laughs> oh <okay>. no. <laughs> now this is another part where you have to kind of like, because remember like, I think maybe one of the reasons that you like Boba Fett, in addition to that, his looking badass and all that, was if you remember the EU stories, mm-hmm, he had mm-hmm. like a kind of like noble sense of, he was a bounty hunter, but he had like his own code of ethics and stuff. Right. Right. You know, and I think you were attached to that. <laughs> and that may not be the case anymore. Well, I don't know. He still might be all right. Like we saw him as a little kid sort of have to come to grips with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also this could be just like the throwaway because I can imagine, like, like this is a sort of, like, quick thing. It's not like he's saying this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this, to me, is, like, him inside of his head. Like, like he knows he's the best. Right. So, inside of his head, he could be a little bit of a cheese dick. But he's probably not walking around like, hey, boys. But then again, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, dude. He's, like, flirting with Thielens. Yeah, he sure is. You know? So, I don't know, dude. Okay. Living the life. So let's let's make one little change. Okay. So it says. Um, by the way, 
exciting to me that it's by Paul Dini. Paul Dini, for yeah. those of you that don't know, is the guy responsible for Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's... It, it, like a lot of, lot of comics, too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Like, he's huge. Yeah. Yeah, way more. I mean, responsible for the creation of Harley yeah. Quinn. Harley Probably the biggest contribution he's made to, like, pop culture, if, to be honest. Right. is. So let's take this quote. I'd be lying if I didn't enjoy the whispers of surprise when I walk onto the scene. That's right, boys. Johnny Grasso's here. Yo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see Johnny being like, oh. Right. Like, thinking see, that, like, right before he does the yo. Just like that, I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey. All you got to do is context see that well see you say that and then i'm like well if they made like if i start reading boba fett stories and i'm like jesus christ that's my buddy johnny that might give me a a tiny attachment to it it's definitely going to (laughs) take the the character in a direction i don't want him to go but you know uh the other thing i'm not super stoked about with this is they announced some of the voice cast for the audiobook today Mm -hmm. and john ham is going to be doing the voice of Boba Fett. I hope he's got a good like accent, dude. Like I hope he just doesn't do John Ham. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I I know I am in the extreme minority with this. I don't like John Ham. I can't get I into at least really see like what is he on? He's on Mad Men or something like right? that. Right? He's in. I he, don't watch that show. Um, I saw him. He popped up in like I watched Parks and Rec, and he popped up on like one episode in Parks and Rec. And everything he pops up, like SNL sketches or things like that, he's usually pretty funny. In. But other than that, no idea who this fool is. Yeah, I'll give him that. Like, he's in that show, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And he's pretty. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. him? Yeah, he's the, Holy like, crazy shit. pastor. Yeah, he's the preacher guy. <coughs> yeah, and he's funny oh, in that. Yeah, I'll dude. give him well, that. Then I think he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's also. Um, he's also sort of the villain, if you will, in that movie, The Town. That Ben Affleck movie that I'm obsessed with. I haven't seen that in a while. Um, but yeah, I just I'm not I'm not a fan, and I don't see him as being Boba Fett. What's crazy to me though, do you remember back in like 2015, there was this crazy rumor going around that was you know everybody was like that is some bullshit right there. Was <laughs> that they were talking to John Hamm about playing Boba Fett in a movie? Do you remember I do that? remember that. I remember like a lot of that kind of stuff. And then like, uh, what's his name, dude? The dude who was, uh, I, I know who your family is, you know, like, <laughs> look what happened to you. Something much worse has happened to you. Uh, oh, Lor Santeca. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, and he's going to be old Boba Fett. And John Hamm is going to be young him. Like, <sighs> I remember all those rumors. I'm telling and you right now, else. like. Yeah. That will ruin a Boba Fett movie for me. And it's not just John Hamm. The only way I'll be able to accept is if it's a passing of the the torch type story where we see, you know, older. It, clearly, it would have to be him after like the Sarlacc, yeah. but older Boba Fett training and passing on the armor to somebody new. But if they're just like, no, John Hamm and Timora Morrison are the same Boba Fett like clones. That's not going to happen. I, I right. I, I have enough I'm faith in that, Star dude. Wars and and the story group and stuff that they wouldn't let that happen. But man, would right. I be mad? Yeah, and I don't even like the passing the torch idea either. Mm. Like, I don't like the idea of like random fucking fet. Like, I want to see it. It should be one of the clones. Like, 
and especially the way that they expanded his uh, his backstory mm-hmm. and clone you know wars what I mean? and like stuff. in the clone wars as young boba fett like i i'm interested in boba fett now and i like what they've done with him in the canon which isn't like a whole lot but is cool and is interesting yeah so i really hope that if and when they decide to pick this uh pick this toy back up I hope they do something good with it. You know, because before he was just like, you know, they threw him in Dark Empire because he looks cool and everybody likes him. And they and they he was just in random comics working for whoever the hut, you know, just popping up all the time and just being a cool say nothing bounty hunter. You know, but I'd like to see uh, a lot more of, you know, maybe when he gets out of the Sarlacc and he's a little like I really like the stories when he got out of the Sarlacc and he was like wrecked and like Dengar's kind of like and he kind of makes buddies with Dengar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like if you remember mm-hmm. those ones, yeah. Well, Dengar uh, kind of nurses him back to health after uh, yeah. the Dengar whole Sarlacc thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I just don't. Yeah. I don't know how likely the Boba Fett movie is at this point. Right. Uh, I, I. You know, I want it. The one thing I I'd mean, say is I. I just don't want it in between episode three and four, which is probably more yeah. likely, honestly. Um, it's kind of the safe period where they can set that to have like a Boba Fett adventure that doesn't really have to address too much canon stuff, you know? Um, but after Return of the Jedi, I would be so stoked. Mainly because yeah. it would be like, oh, by the way, Boba's alive. Right. I but, like, yeah, I, I, I really like the idea of a movie and I'd really like the idea of it being after Return of the Jedi, even though he would be like, but I mean, like you could have Timora play him. Like, yeah, that would at be least dope. at least voice him. You know, I would like to see right. them, you know, full on have him play him. But I also find some validity, you know, and I know people agree with this or disagree with this, but I don't think you got to see Boba without his helmet on in a Boba Fett movie. I guess you don't have to, but <laughs> it would be cool. Would be cool. Yeah. Um you know. But, you know, that's that's, I guess, neither here or there. It, it looks like most likely the next spinoff is going to be Obi Wan. So, right. if there is going to be a Boba Fett movie, it's even further off. Um, yeah, and just to go back for a minute, like, I'd like give me a Django movie, dude. Like, what is that fool about? Like, in in the EU, they sort of transferred a lot of Boba's backstory mm-hmm. to Django once mm-hmm. that sort of clash happened. But like, Django's supposed to be the baddest bounty hunter who ends up getting called in by the Sith to train the baddest you know, army, a grand army of the Republic. Like what was his story up to then? Like, I'm curious as what they could do with it. You know what I mean? A Django movie would be tight. Um, yeah, it would be, I mean, I guess at this point you would have to maybe cast a younger Maori guy to play. Right. Definitely. But you know, I think it would be cool if, um, the Boba movie had him sort of reflecting on, the fact that you know his you know the the death of his dad when he's like what nine and then he grows up in a galaxy where there's a huge war going on where one of the sides is all clones of his dad that he lost yeah they they touched on that stuff in clone wars they did really get into it that would be cool yeah they did touch that on that in clone wars and that was really cool like I liked young Boba in Attack of the Clones, but the the Clone Wars stuff they did with young Boba to me really made me like the younger Boba storyline. Like when he's yeah. teaming up with Bosk and all that, I thought that was cool. Yeah, and I love that. Like by the fourth season, like he's the boss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
like and they escape prison and shit like and apparently like he goes out like it's him and you know and the unreleased stuff and that footage they released like it's him and cad bane fucking showdown and shit yeah and he shows up in um uh dark disciple Disciple. as well yeah which disciple I don't know if they were going to do this in the Clone Wars, but, you know, when they do, like, the behind the, or the unfinished Clone Wars panels, there was one they did, I believe it was Celebration Anaheim, where they were showing, like, their rough animatics, and it was animatics from the episodes that Dark Disciple was going to be based, or was based off of. Right, right. Yeah, I remember. Boba's in full armor in the animatics. Yes. So he would have got there. Yeah. So that would have been cool. That was really cool. And I still wanted to see him get his ship back and things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you know what? In in that world where you didn't get to finish that thing, uh, shit, give me the Dark Disciple book, but the Boba Fett one, the Boba Fett and Cad Bane episodes. Just give me that book. Oh, Or um, a comic book. I don't know how that happened. So I I realize Boba Fett's, like, fan uh, influence has dropped in, in sort of recent years. Like, when I was a kid, like... I felt like I was far from in the minority liking Boba Fett so much. Right. Um, and then, well, like, first, of anybody who knew who Boba Fett was? Yes. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've gotten a Lando comic. We've gotten a, a Chewie comic. We've got Mace Windu. All these, you know, little five-issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they haven't done a Boba yet. It seems weird. They're either avoiding Boba for the most part because there's sort of a fan backlash going on with Boba in like, you know, a very vocal minority probably. Yeah. It just sticks out to me when I see it because I'm like, I oh, man, I if like they Boba. Were like, if they were either A, like taking a break for it because it was like maybe so overused in the previous EU. Could be. That they were like, maybe let's just lay off Boba for a minute. And then two... What if that Trank idea or those ideas or the underworld ideas or whatever are still kind of out there and they're still not sure what to do with them? Uh, and some of those end up getting picked up for books, comics, whatever, but they just haven't decided yet. You know, because I thought it was really weird and I hate to be those dudes because, like, I feel like this is what happens with everything. Like, as soon as somebody says something, like, all of a sudden people are like, well, he said he wasn't not doing it. So that means like everybody pulls apart the way people word things. And I honestly know that when people get interviewed, sometimes they're just like, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, No, her parents aren't in episode seven. Oh, what I meant was she doesn't know her parents are, you know, like things get picked apart and pulled apart until the original intention of whatever the person was thinking when they said it Mm -hmm. is probably lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I, I understand what Lucasfilm and Disney are doing and attempting with uh, the promotion of Star Wars, but you they also, I think, underestimate like the hardcore Star Wars fans' like basic right. need for information, you know? Right. Right. And I think they could be a little better about sharing stuff with us and giving us little nuggets to hold us over in between trailers and movies and stuff. And, you know, I think there is a a better balance that can be reached between the not spoiling too much and and spoiling too much side of things. And And I think, yeah, I think that balance can be reached by like simple, simple costumes or images or things like that, because you don't have to give apart any of the story to show me what the fuck Ray is wearing. Right. Why? 
doesn't right. ruin anything. Why is that such a big deal? Yeah. Like that we can't see, like, I don't understand. And Steele has talked about this ad nauseum on his show. And it's something <laughs> I totally agree with. Like Comic-Con happens in July, two months before your big force Friday event. I went out to Force Friday and I didn't see a single figure or image that ruined anything for the mo- from the movie for me. Right. Why are they not allowed to show that stuff off at Comic-Con? And then we get leaks for 2 months. Is maybe they like that. Maybe they like the whole social media craze of, "Oh, look, a leak yeah. ray figure and stuff." But I mean, like sometimes it, like I think it's weird because yeah, you're you're right. Like why not? bring out toys for Comic-Con or whatever the fucking, if there's another con or D23 or anything like that. And then two months later, you're going to get the toy anyway. And then in another two months, we're going to be fucking up to our ass in TV spots. Right. Which are going to give away more than any product or anything, you know? But, but also, I also see the other side, which is like every fucking little, you know, uh, if they showed me a toy, right. Mm -hmm. And I saw it and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's, that's a cool costume. And I want to have this little toy on my shelf. But then somebody somewhere goes on the back of the toy and, you know, reads one little part of a wording and then they dissect this thing so much like that. They're like, oh, well, they said like such and post Jedi train or so she must be a Jedi by now. Like, I understand that they have to like. I guess they don't have to, but I understand that the people that find and look for this information, sometimes they go through ridiculous extremes and start extrapolating ridiculous things from it. Oh, without a doubt. You'll see some you know what crazy I mean? theories. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I, I think a good example of what you're talking about is the way Ron Howard has been handling the production of Han Solo. Now, I feel like some of that is damage control, where they're like, you know, there was a big, you know, uh, sort of panic after the firing of those directors, yeah, yeah. three quarters of the way of them filming. So now they're like, hey, look, everything's fine. We got Ron Howard. Everybody likes Ron Howard. He's a nice guy. He's having guy. fun. Man, he's yeah, having a blast. Look at all these pictures. So, but also, even if it wasn't damage control, you would still feel just as happy to see a oh, little picture of Ron Howard over there with a Wookiee. I totally agree. You um, know what I mean? So what's the harm? I don't think there is any harm. And I think yeah. it really helps me. It, it, well, A, the damage control is working on me. It's making mm-hmm. me feel more confident and, and excited for that movie. And B, like it just makes me feel like, oh, I'm not. they're not trying to keep me totally in the dark. I'm getting to see little things. Yeah, but it's still not ruining anything. And also, just because we haven't <laughs> talked about this, like you lost some Lego people and you got Ron Howard, that's a step up. Oh, I totally Same. agree. Like, I, maybe I've been a little harsh on the Lego guys uh, since they're firing. Um, right. But it's hard to deny the step up between the guys that did the Lego movie and two twenty-two jump, twenty-one Jump Street movies. To Ron Howard. That's a step up. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think they needed a serious step up to get that movie into shape and out by uh, what it seems like they're sticking to May. Uh, at this right. point, if they delay, it, it would be more shocking to me than the directors they've lost because it's so close. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I totally feel the same. Uh, just to get back to these stories... Mm-hmm. There is another story about R five D four. There's so, two. Well, there's 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 one. This is not Skippy the Jedi droid, but it's oh. just called the Red One. Yeah, and it looks like it's about R five D four and how he wants to get off the Sandcrawler. Man, it's sad. Like the little excerpt yeah. is sad. He's like uh, talking about how he just wants someone 
to get him off the sand yeah, tra- he, crawler, maybe lube up his joints and stuff. Uh, and I was like, but time was running out. He was lonely and he was dying. <laughs> oh, fuck, that's sad, man. It's <laughs> tough, dude. Oh, my goodness. Uh, apparently, I think there's a Yoda story. I didn't see the picture up, but I think they released a Yoda story today, like a little excerpt from a Yoda story. Oh, okay. Um, I really, I'm interested in the one of Muff Tack and Cabe. Because they say something like, even their side hustles have side hustles. <laughs> and the story is called The Cluehorn Cantina Caper. Nice. So, all in, dog. All in. There's a, there's a gold, it looks like Y-Wings. There's one that looks like Tarkin. Like, I guess uh, Pablo did a Tarkin them. one. Yeah. I do not know who this is about, but I want to read it by Jason Fry. It says, and that Colonel Tackbright is why you are and will always be known around here as Fake Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's called duty roster so that's pretty funny all in for that one want to know what that's about there's one about a jawa and there's one about a a uh Duskin raider right on there's one about on mothma let's see what else we got here i i'm really curious about the one about the racing mouse droid yeah i, I mean called- it yeah. looks like it's going to be a nice mix. There's definitely going to be some silly stories, which isn't always yeah. a bad thing. It's just fun. Um, you know what? Uh, so, the big news this week, we've sort of talked about it a little bit, but it only took a week, literally a week to the day, before a new director for Episode Nine was uh, announced. And boy, howdy, was I one damn-ass excited dude when I found out. Um, damn ass boy it is my damn ass boy i uh i I was so excited to drop my phone in the shower and i thought for sure i had ruined it but this thing's still kicking so (laughs) that was uh, good yeah jj abrams coming back for episode nine what do you think buddy i i'm trying to think of what i've seen that he's like fought like followed through to the end because you know everybody's like man lost is cool oh yeah he just kind of started that oh this is cool oh he just kind of started that too right so i'm curious to see because this is him stepping in to finish something right so i i have faith in the man he's got he's done good work everybody i mean people are shitting on it now because they're like whoa what's the fucking remake or you know because now that he's been announced people are gonna hate but i liked force awakens yeah me too so fucking you know, and then it was funny because uh, Steel has the same kind of mindset that I do. Because somebody were like, "Well, now it's just going to be a remake of Return of the Jedi," and Steel's like, "Sweet, yeah, well, I'm yeah. over here like, oh hell yes." Well, okay, so I I said on Twitter like, okay, uh, I posted some stuff about how I was excited, and then I was like, you know what? It's probably best for me to just get off Twitter for the day because sort of the JJ hate's going to come in and it's going to bum me out. And I got to the to the credit of the people I follow. Either I just follow the right people, um, or uh, it's just generally not been as negative as I thought it would be. It's been pretty right. positive. I I definitely saw some people that were bummed. I yeah. I you know I saw the uh, like you were talking about. Oh, it's going to be another rehash. Here comes a second half built uh, Star Killer base. Um, right, right. To me, I would say like. J.J. Abrams definitely knows the criticisms of The Force Awakens. A lot of those criticisms, I feel, are are valid. I do feel like at times um, the references and stuff to A New Hope 
uh, in The Force Awakens were a little much. But really, The Force Awakens was kind of like a greatest hits album to me. It didn't just take elements from A New Hope. It took elements from Empire and Return of the Jedi to me. Um, so I think he knows those criticisms. He would be silly to just do that, I think. And I don't think he will. That's mm-hmm. kind of what excites me most about this is I think we're going to see, like basically, for lack of a better term, I think we've seen J.J. Abrams' tribute to Star Wars. And it was a really good tribute, you yeah. know? Yeah. It was like going to see the best tribute band you've ever seen. For <laughs> for a while, um, there was this Tool tribute band that came to Birmingham like once or twice a year called Eulogy. And it was like going to see a legit Tool show. They were tight. They had all the crazy visuals and stuff. That's what I felt like The Force Awakens was. And I love The Force Awakens. Yeah. Now I think um, we might get to see his Star Wars movie. Like, what does J.J. Abrams do with Star Wars when he's not trying to pay tribute to Star Wars? Yeah. I'm curious also, because I like now all those pieces that he dropped, like the Knights of Ren and the, you know, what are all those little things? Like, he's going to get to pick them up. Yeah, after like, someone who, like Ryan Johnson, who I'm crazy about. The dude has, he didn't need to win me over. Like I kind of liked him before because I'd heard him Uh on some podcasts and stuff. But man, am I a fan of that guy now. And so he gets to pick it up after Ryan Johnson's taken it further to the the finishing line. And I think that'll help. Yeah, that seems really, really cool. And I like the idea that um, I just want to see what he's going to do with it. Like I have have confidence and faith that we're going to end up with a pretty badass trilogy. Yeah, like near flawless. I can't think of a. I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna like go shit on Trevor or anything because, like I said, like I don't really research these people the way that other people research them. Everybody's like, well, they did this in this movie, so like blah 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 blah. Like that style is like the only thing I've seen from Trevor Jurassic World. I don't think I've seen anything Ryan Johnson has done, but I saw a Star Wars trailer and I liked it. Right. Uh, and there are also those that say that I'm easy to please. But I don't know what to tell you, dog. I just like Star Wars. See, that's one of the things, like, I think you and I sort of connect on. Like, I'm really easy to please. I'm a biased. I I realize how biased I am. If I get sucked into something, I'm probably going to like it all the way through. Like, Lost is a good example. I love the finale. And I am in the minority there. But it was more about, for me, the journey getting to that finale. Even though I liked how they end it. Even if I didn't, it wouldn't take away the 107 or whatever episodes before sure. that that I enjoyed, give or take. Um, right. Same thing with Star Wars. Same thing with Mass Effect. Things I really enjoy, like it's hard for me to not enjoy them once I'm sucked in. Right. Um, and not only that, but even if the inevitable shitty movie comes out, it's not going to ruin Star Wars for you. You're still going to go back and watch the next. You know, you know what I mean? Like some people act like as soon as whatever horrible movie comes out that that's the end of it. Like, I'm sure there'll be a good one after it. Or, you know, maybe you just didn't like this one. Maybe you just didn't like Han Solo or Rogue One or whatever it is that you didn't like. Yeah, and you're only going to be like a year away from the next one. It's not like yeah. if you were disappointed by, say, The Phantom Menace, then you had three years of disappointment to wait for the next one. Right. Right. By yeah. a year, or the, at this point, at most a year and a half, you're going to be, boom, back into Star Wars, and maybe you'll like that one. So yeah. I'm... I'm really good about like I like Star Wars. I honestly just like most of the stories that are given and even the things that I don't like, like let's just take like Heir to the Jedi or that Princess Leia comic. Right. Like 
I there are things that I do enjoy about him. Like I liked the mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember her name, but the character that was in Heir to the Jedi that was like uh, Luke's foil. Right. She was really really cool. Like the badass sniper who's mm-hmm. rich girl, but the daughter of a science guy. Like she was fun, and some of her like her dialogue was really really like she seemed real and interesting. And then the Princess <sighs> Leia comic, like the whole speech at the end of the Princess Leia comic, was bomb. I think yeah. that, and I love the art. The art in all the comics was amazing. I just wish that the story had held up with the art. You know what I mean? Right. To me. Um, uh, I, like you, I can't think of... It's hard for me to think of, and, and maybe if I sat here and thought for a long time about it, a piece right. of Star Wars content that I just hated from beginning to end that didn't have at least somewhat of uh, a redeeming quality to me. Right, like, right. You know, maybe I'm struggling with a Star Wars book, but at the end of the day... I'm still listening or reading a book about my favorite thing. So that's better than reading, you know, a textbook or pretty much any other book to me. You know what I mean? Uh, Same thing goes like, you know, we'll get into this in a second, but like not every episode of rebels has been my favorite thing, (laughs) but I would still rather watch rebels than whatever else is on that night. It's still new star Wars. I'm getting to, you know, enjoy a new star Wars story, even if it's not my favorite. So, right. and I'm sure like, I felt the same way about like, maybe even like clone wars. There are some episodes that I'm like, eh, I probably don't have to watch that again. And then there are some episodes that I just go back and I love to watch. Like, like what Darth Maul Mandalorians. Yeah. I'll watch that again. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'll watch that tonight. Yeah. You know, and, like, and, and then, yeah. <clears throat> the thing about clone wars that could be rough was, and it's also, it's, on the other hand, one of the things that I ended up liking best about it was the four, three to four story uh, episode story arcs. Yeah. So if they were doing a story arc that didn't grab me, it was kind of tough. But then the next Arthur story arc in Wonderland. I remember. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> the next week or the next story arc would end up being something that I was like, I don't want this to end. Like, give me yeah. six episodes. Give me a whole season of this. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know. It's it's a give or take with yeah, me. Yeah, it was real like with the end, the thing that you get with the end. And that was my thing when Rebels first came out because a lot of people would ask me, well, what is it as good as Clone Wars? Is it as good as thing? And I would be like, it's different. What you got with Clone Wars for me was always touch and go because it's an anthology series that is so different that some episodes can be your favorite episodes in the world and some of the ones that you don't, you know, you just don't care about or don't have any connection to or just not into. Simple as that. Like, But I said with Rebels, like, if you like the characters and get attached to the characters, then you'll pretty much like every episode because you'll be dealing with the same characters. If you don't, then you won't like the whole series because it's all about the same characters, which I think is most of the reason people don't like rebels because they don't like Ezra or they don't like Kanan or whatever it is, you know, but it seemed a lot of people have issues with Ezra because he's a punk kid. I got to say like from the, the general reactions I seem the two points of contention, like I don't really ever see much complaint about Kanan. I don't ever really see complaint about Hera. Um, mm-hmm. Early on, there seemed to be a little pushback on Sabine, but I think they've really won people over with that character. I'm all yeah. about Sabine's storyline in Rebels. Um, the, the main two seem to be Ezra and Zeb that people sort of push yeah. back on. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like if you don't like that character and a show is about him, probably not going to like that show. Like yeah. no matter what they give, even if they give you fucking Mandalorians and jetpacks tooling around with dark sabers. 
Oh, that, if you don't like Ezra, you're going to be like, I like that. Boy, did the episode I like would that. Be better without Ezra in it. Oh my God. I love Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, but did it have to have Ezra in it? Yeah. The fucking show is about Ezra. So, you know, there's, there's a movie with Obi-Wan and Maul. And if you're not, there's Clone Wars episodes. Go watch those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and just to get this, uh, I guess we'll wait till the, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. Talk about it. yeah <laughs> let's, let's finish up the JJ stuff. <laughs> then we'll, we'll jump into rebels, uh, hardcore since we're, order, order, order. Um, the one thing I would say about the JJ thing, if you're nervous, you got to keep one thing in mind. And I think this is an important thing to keep in mind. If you liked The Force Awakens, not not even The Force Awakens, if you like Rey, if you like Finn, uh-huh. if you like mm-hmm. Kylo, Poe Dameron, if you like BB-8, if you like Snap Wexley or Jessica Pava, yep. General Hux, Snoke, that's JJ. That's JJ. Keep that in mind when you're like maybe on, you know, hundreds of viewings or whatever. Uh, and then as time goes on, you don't like The Force Awakens as much as you initially did. But something tells me you still like Ray, you know? And right, right. I know, like, I've seen people saying, like, yeah, you can like Ray, but the concept of a female Jedi was George's idea, the, you know, a young woman. Uh, becoming a Jedi. Yeah, but a concept and a fleshed out character? Shut up, beast. Hey! (laughs) A concept and a... Motherfucker. A concept and a fleshed out character are two different things. Like, I can tell you, like, hey, dude, like, this is a Jedi who survived Order 66, and he's sort of just kind of undercover, and he's just kind of like a a pilot slash gunslinger slash bartender. You don't know what that means until you see Kanan. You know what I mean? Like, Giving that performance life, turning into an actor, turning, drawing those pictures and creating the costumes slash casting the right person. That's what makes Ray Ray. You know what I mean? And I like it this way. Like he introduced us to these people and now he's going to be able to like kind of quote unquote finish their stories. Yes. You know what I mean? So that is really <sighs> interesting and exciting to me. Yeah. And- I want to see what he does. Because maybe it was what he intended to do all along, but he just never thought he was going to do it. Maybe he had a plan in his head. Well, oh, I really like this girl, and I'm going to take her from A to B to C. But in this movie, we're only getting from A to B. So you know, hopefully the next guy, you know, here's my mm-hmm. ideas. Hopefully the next guys think that that's cool, or maybe they got something better. Now he's going to be able to come back after somebody else stepped in and be like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. But that ties in with my idea really cool over here. So together we can bring her to C or D or whatever. You know what I mean? Like and finish that. That his he's gonna be able to mix his ideas with what Ryan's done. Yes. And yes. maybe do what he intended to all along. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's really cool. And if if Ryan doesn't pick up the piece, the playing piece of the Knights of Ren and use them in eight, mm-hmm. then I think now we stand of because that's one that's one that fascinates me, man. I gotta be honest. Yeah. The whole Knights of Ren thing. Agreed really fascinates me and i really want to see what's up with that so oh you mean like really cool new masked characters with badass costumes and giant weapons boring who wants to see more of that (laughs) yeah i mean no dude i'm not saying that uh the whole you know movie is going to be about the knights of ren or they're going to be super fleshed out but i think we stand a good chance if they're not used in eight of getting a little more about them at least in nine and i'm cool with that of him picking up those pieces, you know, and giving us a little more on that. That's super cool. Yeah. Or even picking up those pieces enough that he can hand it off. Maybe they will pop up in nine again. Right. And then maybe we get the journey to the fucking last, last Jedi. And, uh, you know, we get a book about him or a comic book about him or something. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. 
Yeah, me too. So, <clears throat> um, so the other piece of news that came out with JJ's hiring is that the movie's pushed back um, from May of 2019 to December 2019. I really don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this. I'm excited because I like Star Wars Christmas. I'm excited right. yeah. because they're I giving them more time. I think more time is always a good thing. Let the man work. Yeah. And Give what he needs. The one thing that's made me nervous about this whole Disney cycle of Star Wars is, and I've seen no evidence so far in the movies they've released, but I just worry that they might be rushing a little too much. And okay. I think giving, uh, you know, their creators at least a, a couple more months, a few more months to sort of right. breathe and get the pieces in place before they start undertaking such a huge project is always a good thing. I mean, I feel like there's a compromise, you know, like I feel like you want to get the product out because the fans are fucking uh, feral. Yeah. And, and Disney you know? shareholders be looking yeah, at and that. Disney share, you know, everybody wants to see those toys and those dollars. But also you want to give time to create you need to give the creative space to have these people create without feeling like they're under pressure but they should always be under a little bit of pressure but i think the delays that have been like pretty much consistent across the board with the exception of han solo show mm -hmm. that they're willing to compromise they're like okay we'll give you another six months dude yeah yeah you know what i mean so that to me shows that like yeah they still are about that bottom line but they still do want to give their people time to create the right product and so far like i said i still haven't been disappointed with a film yet uh so until that time comes i'll keep looking forward to the next one yep that's me buddy i'm staying positive till they give me a reason to not be positive give me when they give me fucking you know whatever yeah. the stinker is yeah and as far as staying positive goes like the firing of directors and writers and all that isn't enough to make me feel negatively. The The final product's what I worry about. You know, exactly. that's what exactly. I'm concerned with. And I, like, I agree. Like a lot of people are like, well then what the fuck is going on? And it's broken. And like, okay, mistakes were made, dude. But the fact that they're correcting these mistakes, that's a good sign to fix the product. Like the fuck you crying about? Like you cried about how they fired or reshot rogue one or whatever it was, you know, and look at rogue one. Right. Like, you're going to tell me that they should have, they should not have done that. Right. It's hard like, to argue. Like, and you know, I feel like the way some people are hard on The Force Awakens, I can be hard on Rogue One sometimes. But I do like that movie. I do watch it quite a bit. Uh, it's new Star Wars. And it's just, yeah, it's the nature of the beast of doing a podcast. Like, you can right, only right, right. gush on 99 episodes before you got to bring up a little negative on the 100th. Oh, well, I know? mean, you can be that way with anything. Like, <laughs> right. I love Return of the Jedi, but there are parts that I can be like, man, you know what, uh... Uh, I can't even call it to mind right now, but I was trying to think of a boring part. You know, like the beginning when they're kind of sneaking around indoors a little slow, you know, or whatever, you know, like, but I actually, I don't know if I've told you this. I like Rogue One more than Force Awakens. Out yeah. of the two ones that they've given us, like Rogue One really hit the spot and did something unexpected that I wasn't, you know, wasn't like it was Star Wars, but it was also like new, right. interesting Star Wars and I totally agree with that. And I'm never going to be the guy that's like, well, that's stupid, Sal. How can you feel that way? We just feel differently. About podcast canceled. <laughs> and then like, you know, I have really good friends that have met through the podcast that love Attack of the Clones. And it's my least yeah. favorite. I don't oh, hold yeah. that against them by any right. means. Like, like what you like. And you also know? like least favorite to you and me doesn't mean that like 
fuck this movie. It just means like, eh, I just like this other one better. That's exactly like it's, just, I would it's lowest s- on this totem pole that's in the sky in the fucking clouds of worship of Star Wars. If if I like if somebody stole all my Star Wars Blu-rays but Attack of the Clones and I hadn't gone out and rebought them yet and I was like, I want to watch a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, Well, all I've got is Attack of the Clones. I'm gonna watch the Watchmen instead. <laughs> like, no, I would watch Attack of the Clones. I'd still rather watch Attack of the Clones than any other movie that's not a Star Wars movie. That's not Attack yeah. of the Clones. You and know? it's like that with every movie. Like, every one is somebody's favorite. Like, I still think Episode One is the most beautifully shot Star Wars movie. It's beautifully like, shot. It's beautifully designed. I, yeah. That's the thing that has grown for me with The Phantom Menace is, like, the design that went into The Phantom Menace truly felt like an earlier Star like earlier in history, yeah. Star Wars movie. It it, it was dope. And, and then uh, you know, it, I was just gonna tell you, episode two was Axel's favorite growing up. Right because he, he loved little he loved little Boba and Django. Look, it's hard for me to argue against Attack of the Clones when it contains some of the backstory of my favorite Star Wars character. Right, you know. Right. It's just some of the elements I'm not a huge fan of, and no, and, and like I agree with you, it's my least favorite as well out of all the movies. Like that's one's the last on my list too, and it's just because I don't. I, it's just specifically, not specifically anything. It's just not as interesting to me as mm-hmm. some of the other ones are. Yeah. All right, so before we get into emails and stuff, like I said, since we got you on the show, we got to talk some Rebels, which we already did. But we haven't specifically talked the impending premiere of season four that's coming up. Yeah. Um, I take it you're pretty excited. I am. The family's excited. Yeah. Like, Lizzie has become my, like, second in command. Like, not like, but she is so invested in the story, you know. Like all of us, like Axel still like likes Ezra and stuff, but I think he connected more to young Ezra mm-hmm. than jerk Ezra. Right. So he's like still at the age where he's like, even though he's acting more like jerk Ezra now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, Lizzie like very much like, and especially things are about Sabine now, you know. So now she's like, oh, we're going to Mandalore and Bo-Katan and blah, 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 blah. I got to say. Um, you know, this is something we talk about like through text and stuff. I'm starting to see some really cool fan made dark sabers out there. Uh, I actually <laughs> almost bit the bullet on one, uh, a couple of months back, um, that I saw like a guy posting for pre-orders in one of the star Wars Facebook groups I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. And man, it looked cool. So I've uh, seen a few cool ones and a lot of the ones I see, they're either like too big because the way that they make them, sometimes they're like, they're really big and they don't look like they, they don't, they won't fit in your hands. Right. Right. And then there's other ones. There's one that I saw that was really, really good and looked like a good size online, but it was like curved. Like the design wasn't rectangular. It was more of like uh, an oval shape. You might've seen that one. Cause it was up everywhere. One of my friends got it. And then now was messing around with it. And I was like, this is heavy and big. And, and it was bigger than it looked in the picture too. Uh, so I was like, because Lizzie's like always like, well, are we going to give me a dark saber? And I got her the toy and I'm basically going to gut it and put like just dope. But I'd also like to get her something that she can actually fight with. Right. Because the toy will just fall apart if we start fighting. Yeah. See, that's kind of what I'm waiting on. I'm kind of waiting for like yeah. the serious costumers to be like, this is the dark saber you need. And when that yeah. happens, then I, I'll add it to the collection. But I'm, I'm yeah. waiting. I don't. It's one of those things I don't see them doing like. 
an official release of one necessarily. I could be I mean, wrong. The one that we have, like the toy, like they did one for Brie Vizsla. So, you know, yeah, you that's never know. true. It was, a, it was it done by Ruby's. Yeah, they yeah. might just re-release it with a new paint job and just be like Sabine's Dark Saber, you know? Yeah, I, I want more so, of a, you know, I want more of a not to shit on that one, but something a little more legit. Like, yeah, it's you, crappy, but you can always make it better. Yeah, like, see, I don't got those skills like you, buddy. I don't uh, got those. I don't skills. have those skills like, either. Dude. I got to give it to some saber people and just buy the wiring. Yo, what do I, I need to you. buy? New LEDs, new this, new. Okay, here, give you forty bucks or whatever, and turn it around. Yeah, that's basically what I'm gonna do. I have the toy. <laughs> I can repaint it myself, but I need somebody to do the guts. Yeah. So, um, with Rebels, the two interesting things that I've heard leading into this season that I find um, kind of exciting are that they've said the first like four or five episodes deal with tying up the loose ends from last season and then the rest of the the series is just about wrapping up the story. Right. Um, um I, I like I don't that. Remember, you were not at the panel at Celebration, right? No, I couldn't get into it. Man, so I got to see one episode. Yeah, and I heard it was really good. I've heard it was really good. It was. I mean, you're asking me, but yeah, it was. Um yeah, and, and well, I even heard from people that aren't as big of, you know, Rebels fans of you that were like, yeah, it was really good. They said there was one sort of silly uh, Ezra moment in it, but other than that, it was really good. I think I know what you're talking about, but, well, I I think, if I'm thinking of the same moment, I was laughing. Right on. You know, right and on. Axel was laughing. <clears throat> and I think Lizzie was laughing too, but I mean, that was like something like, some. it's definitely... Like you could see why they did something like that, mm-hmm. but also like I had fun with it, and it's something that I always imagined. Cool, you know what I mean. So like to me, it's like these things that people are like, "Well, why is all this shitty? Why is this kid stuff in my Star Wars?" Right? Because it's dude, Star Wars is fun. Star Wars was always fun. Remember when you were a kid and you had fun? Why? Why so serious, Doug? Yeah, I, I don't want fucking Christopher Nolan, David Goyer, Zack Snyder, dark and gritty Star Wars, God. like. I want fan, fun Star Wars that can go dark every now and then. You know, I'm not looking yeah. for to be bummed out after yeah. finishing a piece of oh, Star Wars content. And like all the characters in Rogue One died, but I still had fun. You know, like yeah. that's a dark it movie. It was a great like, and there was like fun moments, dude. Mm-hmm. There was like smiling, laughable moments, but then there was also serious moments, dude. And finding that balance is something that I think they achieved a lot. Like the movie ends on such a fucking downturn. But it's so exhilarating and you're so wrapped up in the fucking moments that all you want to do is go right home and watch A New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what that movie did. Like, when I first saw the fucking movie, like, not a, I, I got to see it under amazing circumstances anyway. Right. But it fucking blew me away, bro. Like, and I'll tell you this. I'll say I did not cry the entire fucking movie as all this shit was going down. The fucking last shot broke me. Oh, me too, buddy. Me too. So, like, that, like, I held it together the entire fucking movie, but when they fucking got there, dude, I, I, it was the last fucking thing, and I was so fucking happy, dude. It was, it was amazing. So, leading into Rebels and and being one of, if not the most, uh, uh, fervent Rebels fans that I know, what are you <laughs> looking for in this last season? Like, what do they need to wrap up? What do they need to cover? Uh, you know, what do they need to do in your opinion? Like, what are you looking forward to and hoping they do going into in this? In my opinion, like, now, opinion, 
right? Everybody right. opinion. Like I can always go for more Hondo. Right. That's right. just me. I know he pisses people off and people Hondo, are like, oh, he's just going to bullshit around this story. It's so but fucking cr- Hondo, Zeb, and Ezra. That's like the trifecta of fun right there. See, that's the thing. Like, I liked Hondo so much in Clone Wars, but I don't really, like, looking back on Rebels, uh, not a huge fan of what they've done with Hondo and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I like him so much from Clone Wars that I'm like, yeah, let's get more Hondo for sure. Right, right. I think he's interesting, like, and fun in a different way that he wasn't before. Like, now he's, like, down on his luck. And now he's trying to come up. Like before, he was like, remember, he was like raiding fucking villages and shit. And he's like, well, I guess we should break up out of here. This is not no longer profitable, you know. (laughs) And then he's capturing Jedi and Sith and fucking double crossing him and trying to auction him off to separatists and Republic, you know. And like now he's just like trying to get away with whatever he can get. Like the fucking premiere to season three was fucking amazing because they were like, oh, we just found this ship and we're out later. Yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah. literally catches three guys, says, hey, you guys want to be my crew? Let's steal the ship right now. Then he steals the ship and bounces. Like, and that to me is fucking nothing but fun. After yeah. they broke him out of jail. So you would like some more Hondo? Um, I would love to see. We got to go back to Sabine. Let her wrap up with her family. And that looks like that's going to happen. Yep. Because that's totally a thing. Um, I look forward to... I don't know what I want for Zeb. You know what I mean? Like, I I think it would be cool for him to, like, kind of deal with his people. But I also feel like he kind of did that already. And I also don't see where else we can go with it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That uh, episode, was that in season two? Or was that in season three? Yeah, it was in season two. That almost felt like kind of a wrap-up to his storyline. And it felt like... a. But it also felt like it relieved a lot of the weight on him, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, he's just, like, now he's just in the Rebels. And, like, like him and Rex are best buds now. So, I like right. that dynamic. Like, him and Rex are, like, the ground crew on the uh, floor. You know what? Uh, I think it was on Underworld. The Star Wars Underworld kids were asking me about the finales. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think my favorite one is going to have to be season three for the reason... And the reason I gave was because everybody had their chance to shine in season three. Like in in season two, it was really, really dope and really epic, but it was only Ezra and Kanan and like Ahsoka. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was really specific about those characters. And so much so that in the previous episodes, they said peace to the other characters. You know what I mean? And then in season one, like they were kind of breaking out one character, but it was really just about them breaking him out and connecting to the larger rebellion. So it, kind of wasn't a, like it was mainly about Kanan and Ezra also, even though the other guys were there, like Chopper called in help, you know, and then, uh, you know, we found out Ahsoka's fulcrum and stuff like that. But, um, you know, not, not everybody shined. Everybody else was just kind of like, okay, we're here to help and we're going to come in through the side. And like, like Hera, Zeb and Sabine all basically just like, all right, hurry, get back to the ship. Right. They didn't really get to shine. And I think in season three, like everybody shined like Zeb and, uh, Rex got to like protect the base. Hera got to lead the fleet. You know, uh, Commander Sato got to do his thing. Ezra got to go and find Sabine and they got to come back and help the, re- the, the rebellion. Kanan got to fucking have his wrap up with the Bendu. So I feel like they did a really good job of balancing the story. Not only, and, and then you got the villains like Thrawn and Callus, 
who sort of came out of left field with that because everybody was like, okay, Callus is going to die. Check that off the list. You know, but they did a really good job of uh, balancing all that. Yeah. I'm excited to see some X-Wings. I know that's not like deep and thought-provoking, but damn. Excited to see some X-Wings. They look good, though. Um, Era in that suit. I'll say this. Like, and uh, I know this is a point of contention. I'm definitely in the camp that feels like wrapping up Kanan and Ezra's story probably, if, if you go the logical way, probably should not end with them living right. past rebels. I, I definitely agree with the in empire. When Yoda says there's another, he's talking about princess Leia. Like, right. and I, I don't think you should really mess with that too much. Although um, I also think that even if they were alive, he still ain't talking about that. Oh, for sure. Without you know I mean? Cause a lot of people like, Oh, well, but there's this and there's that. And there's, and what if these people are alive? Like, Either way, they're not the fucking new hopes. It's still just them. Right. And still the twins. And like, I just don't feel like if they do survive, I can't see them still being part of the rebellion. Yeah. If they survive at the end, because it just, it doesn't line up like Luke, somebody in the rebellion would be like, yo, Luke, buddy, I know uh, you are all about this Jedi thing and stuff. You have to meet. We got to Jedi. We got to. You got They're like meet right these over guys. here, dude. Yeah. Like just past the frame. They're right there. Um, I agree with that, especially because like if you've been keeping up with the comics and books and stuff, like Luke has been they've been what they have given us of Luke is very much like going after this knowledge. Like he's trying to search out these lost temples and trying in reading from the journal of Obi Wan Kenobi and like trying to learn more. This is even before Empire, you know. Right. So if they are there, why wouldn't he find them? If he's yeah. asking people questions about Jedi, why aren't they like, oh, those two Jedi? You know what I mean? So yeah. I definitely agree with you that what makes the most sense is that they just don't exist. And what makes what but I also think what also makes sense is they just don't exist there. Maybe they go, you know, I don't know. You know, maybe they become something else because I still like there's other things that I like want to get wrapped up remember the babies remember the the future of the force or whatever they took babies that's true that are force sensitive where are those babies where did they take them like ahsoka don't have them where are they i don't know and i kept joking i was like oh dude those babies and zebo and uh jaikel are all in a room somewhere but it looks like we got jaikel coming back still don't know what happened to zebo but it's definitely like it looks like they've learned a lot from him or maybe will learn. That would be a cool thread to come back, like using his knowledge against, you know, Thrawn's factories or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, what about, yeah, the, the babies, what's going to happen with the babies? And to me, like the force things are separate from the rebellion slash the alliance things. They you know are. What I mean, they are. But like, see, at this point, Kanan and Ezra are a pretty integral part of the rebellion. That's the thing. And I don't see how you leave them alive and have them like you. I just don't see the reason for them to not be involved with the rebellion anymore. Right. If they're still alive. I don't see it either. But they've surprised me. Their writers have surprised me before. You know what I mean? Okay. So, but you're right. I absolutely, I don't see it. I can't think in my head. I can't think. I keep saying maybe they go over here. I don't know why. 
I can't think of a good reason why they would go over there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, and then, I'm with you on that. I definitely don't. I can't think of the reason. I can't make it work for telling a good story. Um, Luckily, that's not. The one thing <laughs> I kind of hope they do, and I don't know how likely this is. But I kind of hope that Thrawn doesn't die at the end of this. Okay. Um, and I kind of hope like he fails in his ultimate goal of whatever it is. And his punishment from the Emperor is getting sent out into the unknown regions. Kind of what his storyline was in the old EU. Yeah. Uh, and then I think it would be cool to do that because that leaves him open let's say the next animated series is finally a show set after Return of the Jedi. It would be kind of cool to bring Thrawn back in and sort of, like you wouldn't do in a direct adaptation of the Zahn trilogy, but you could kind of... Incorporate a little bit of that Yeah, and have him be the big villain for Han, Luke, and Leia after Return of the Jedi, much like he was in the Zahn trilogy, but you don't have to bring in old Jorish Saibayoth and Salamari and all that. That's a super cool idea. And I also like, like, I like the idea of these things connecting and I like, and I, I feel like when I see some of the people's criticisms, I feel like that's one of the criticisms. Like, I feel like the biggest criticisms come when these things connect to other things. Yeah. Like for instance, oh, what the fuck is Ezra doing on Tatooine? Right? Like, but I feel like all my life I've wanted all the Star Wars stories to connect. So I feel like now that they're giving me what I wanted, I feel like people like hate on it. And I feel like, dude, he didn't talk to Luke. He didn't talk to, you know, like he did talk to Mm Obi-Wan. But, you know, like I feel the interaction was good. It didn't ruin anything for me. And I thought it was a really nice way to have Ezra go through his own journey while closing off another character story. You know, so that worked for me. But obviously it didn't work (coughs) for a lot of people. Right. But I still feel like the reasons that people I feel like they just don't like the character slash style or whatever of the show. So they just don't want it touching what they do like. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like and I feel like that in itself is the reason that they don't like it. I could see I could see that being you know true. I mean? But, you know, I don't know. The one thing I would say. That mm-hmm. annoys me slightly with Rebels is sometimes, or or Star Wars animation in general, and it's it's only human. But Dave Filoni, Filoni definitely seems to have favorites, you know, and right. he doesn't want to take those because this is the thing. Like, let's say they do kill Kanan and Ezra at the end of season four, and right. obviously this is something you know. That doesn't mean there can't be more Kanan and Ezra stories. There's right. huge time jumps. It seems like there's about a year almost in between each season. There's yeah. definitely more places where you can do more stories. That doesn't mean just because a character dies that you'll never see them again. Right. In Star Wars, that's never what that means. Right. And, and the same thing goes with Ahsoka. Like, I'm definitely of the camp that they kind of whiffed that a little bit. Um, I, I honestly would have preferred that they not told us that the original plan was for her to see Anakin's face through the mask while he stabs her because like that just sounds so amazing. Like I can just sitting and imagining the music from uh, Kevin Kiner and and, like, I just, and like it would have been a really like, yeah, it would have sucked that Ahsoka died, but it would have been a really nice poignant, epic, sad ending to the story of Ahsoka 
but we could have still gotten more Ahsoka mo- uh, stories. And now that right. we've got this, is she alive? Isn't she alive? Thing, I'm not gonna lie. It kind of annoys me. Like okay. if if she's alive in some spiritual sense, that's better than if she's physically alive because then. I don't think you're ever going to be able to kill off Ahsoka in a way that would have meant as much as that right there, but they didn't do, you know? No, I agree with you. And I definitely think that she is more in a spiritual sense. Like from what I took from the episode, like that's where I go with it more than she's just like walking around the temple. Like Darth Maul was a couple hours ago. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know, man. I, I just feel like, um, I don't know. I don't know really like what now could they, if they got real weird with it, but I don't know how willing they are to do in that with that in rebels, you know, but if they got real weird with it with some weird force explanation, I would probably be pretty fascinated. Cause that stuff like Mortis and right. uh, Yoda's arc at the end of season. Like if six. she was a will. Yeah. I'm or a will now. Or something crazy like that. If they got really, cra- you know, delved yeah. into the fir- Force lore. But I also don't know how much time they have to do with that in Rebels. Because it's a shorter right. season. Right. Uh, you know, it's a matter of time. And how much time could they actually devote to that? I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. Not too long from now before yeah. we see. I wonder if... I see it, yeah. I don't know, like... I don't know what her future is in animation. Yeah. If she has a future in animation. I feel like if she does have a future, I don't feel like, and it's funny because I talked a long time ago, dude, let me tell you a story. I was at a Clone Wars premiere a while back, like the first time I got to go to Lucasfilm, dude, and I was so fucking jazzed, dressed up in my Quinlan Voss, and we went to go see the Lost Missions before it was like we got to see the Yoda arc before they released it, right? So... We actually got to talk to Filoni because back in those days, he would just hang out at those things because he wasn't getting mobbed by a million fucking people. He was getting mobbed by like 20 people. <laughs> it was a lot easier for him back in those days. You know, and I ended up talking to him and I was, you know, he was like, it was me and Liz were Voss and Ayla. So he was like talking to us a little about it. You know, he like walked by me at one point and he was like, just so you know, dude, there would have been a lot more Voss. And I was like, ah, and eventually I got Dark Disciple and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, but. I remember asking him, like, hey, like, because we had just gotten the Son of Dathomir comics. Like, those had either just been announced or they were about to come out or something like that. And I was like, dude, like, you let these stories, you know, like, are you going to be given other stories? Like, so we can get more, you know, out of, like, you know, because obviously you have the ideas. The stories are there and they're done, you know, but I understand animation is expensive and fucking Disney pulled the plug or whoever pulled the plug, you know, and you guys got to move on to something other things. Would you give the Ahsoka, would you make an Ahsoka book or give it to somebody to do an Ahsoka book? And at those times he was like, he was like, I know it's kind of selfish, but like, I feel like I want to finish those stories the way that I would want to do them. So I feel like a little bit protective about that kind of thing. He's like, so that's why I don't think I would give, let them do an Ahsoka book or a Rex book. And then eventually he was like, you know what? Like this character is bigger than this. And I need to let these things go. So he let that story go and he let them do an Ahsoka book. So I'm hoping that that like keeps happening and he's able to let go of more stuff like that Boba Fett. I want that Boba Fett. Boba Fett works really good as a comic. I feel like you can do him like you can do that Cad Bane stuff and make him a comic and be really cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm here to say I'm down with more Cad Bane. 
Man, did yeah. I like that character. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's what, uh, about a month now. Yeah, right at a month before it starts. About a month away. I'm really excited to see, because when we saw the premiere, we only got one half, and it was like a to-be-continued because it's a two-parter. Oh. They said, they said that the other episode wasn't ready then. So, like, the people who got to go see it in Canada for this panel that just passed, they got to see both episodes. So there's people that saw stuff that I still haven't seen yet. <laughs> and they got to see the other half of the two-parter. So I'm still kind of, like, waiting on fucking pinheads for that other half. You know. But right. what I did see was dope. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to check it out. And I'm looking forward to returning to Lothal. Like, out of all the ties to wrap up, mm-hmm. that's, it, that's a, they've already said that they're doing it. You know, they're going back to Lothal. But that's the one that I'm looking most forward to. Well, right Getting on. Ezra, because that's really Ezra's story and is Ezra's home. And if this show is about Ezra, then it makes sense that that's where we finish it. <clears throat> All right. So um, let's jump into some emails and voice messages. Now, guys, uh, I guess it was the excitement of the J.J. Abrams thing, but you guys blew up the Blue Harvest email box <laughs> this week. So I don't know that we'll get to all of them. Anything we don't get to, you know how we do. We'll get to next week. So don't feel bummed if you don't hear your question this week. But we will get to it. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around for you. He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Kitty Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead Um, first up, we've got a, a voice message from our good buddy, King Tom. King of all Toms. It's King Tom's birthday today. So, Happy uh, birthday, King Tom. Yeah, man. Uh, by the time you guys hear it, it'll be the day after, but that's still not too late to wish his Happy majesty. damn ass belated birthday. Happy damn ass belated birthday, King Tom. Yeah. Um, but let's hear what uh, his majesty yeah, has to say. King Tom here. Man, I had the weirdest dream last week. But that's neither here nor there. Calling, um, or leaving a voicemail. Um, I loved your conversation from, uh, Frusha's comments last week about the Obi-Wan movie. Um, I agree with pretty much everything you guys say, or you guys said about it. Um, I know more of what I don't want to see than what I do want to see. I mostly want to see you and McGregor as Obi-Wan again. And, um... I'll leave it up to people more creative and smarter than I am to actually make the movie and write the story. Although I think the three um, issues of the comic series that show the adventures of from the journals of Obi-Wan, I thought those were great stories in and of themselves. Kind of related to Obi-Wan. You know, he had um, 
This is a question I don't think has been asked before, but he had Anakin's lightsaber for a number of years. And if you look at, in the movies, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Han, Luke, Maz, Finn, Rey, um, all of those people have touched, used, or held Anakin's lightsaber. And I think in the Clone Wars, there are even more. I think, you know, Ahsoka picks it up at one point and gives it to Padme at one point. Why out of all those people is Rey the only one to have a reaction? I mean, obviously we know, okay, that's the where the story is going. She's, you know, the new protagonist or whatever. But um, do you guys have any theories about that as to why either the Force or the lightsaber is showing her this vision? And are they um, flashbacks, flash forwards, or flash sideways? What do you guys think? Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. That's a good question, King Tom. Um, why don't you start this off, buddy? How do what do you feel about those those visions Ray saw when she uh, touched the saber? I mean, I feel like it's more the force, mm-hmm. like that's bringing her together with this weapon and i think it's like i think it's all leading her to luke you know what i mean like that's sort of what i get from it like it's leading her to where she needs to be where she needs to go like and that's something that's kind of i don't know i feel like it's it's fairly prevalent in the trilogy around like like luke is there to see obi-wan luke obi-wan takes him to where he needs to be to make that shot and then he's with the rebels and that all ultimately he goes to dagobah and ultimately he goes to redeem his father or finish his father whatever he's supposed to do you know what i mean so he finds his way to where he needs to be and i think the force is a little more overt in this awakening but i also like the idea of what um i don't know i think it was ryan had put a quote recently that's something like you know uh kylo and ray are like two halves of the protagonist or something like that right did you see this i did see that so I don't know exactly like and I'm 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 sure I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember what the quote was, but to me that's really, really interesting because that to me means that like one, the awakening was for both of them. Like both of them have had an awakening of some sort, whatever that means. So I want to see where it takes them because that means that Kylo is following something as well. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Maybe oh, I, I think he definitely is following something. And I've always wondered if he had a similar experience with Vader's helmet that Ray had with that lightsaber. And is this an example of them introducing a new force power where like these new force users can touch something and sort of see its history as it pertains to them or to the force? A lot of people hit me up when it happened because they were like, oh, Quinlan Vos, dude, Ray has psychometry. Like, right. That is something that they've sort of touched on in the past. But I feel like this was such a different thing than psychometry has always Mm -hmm. been shown or described. Right. So to me, this feels like the force more than the lightsaber. Like she wasn't just touching like because then because then you have to be like, well, I guess the lightsaber was there when she got dropped off on Jakku. You know? Yeah. And I don't think it was. You know what I mean? Like and to tie that in together, like, well, it, it could be true. I don't know that it's true right now, so I'm going to say that the Force is showing her things that not only pertain to the Saber, but also to her. Mm-hmm. So it's react like it's reacting to her, which means to me it's the Force and not the lightsaber. That's sort of what I get out of it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and uh, 
as far as whether it's flashbacks, flash forwards, etc., I think ma- the majority of it is flashbacks, but there is a bit yeah. of flash forward when she sees Ray or sees Kylo on Starkiller Base. She sees the sun go out and mm-hmm. Kylo and all that. Yeah, so the, there's a little bit of flash forward in there. The yeah. that scene and that whole incident is definitely something I want explained more. Not in a book, not in a comic, not in something like that. I, I want it in the movies. And I hope, it, I think it's going to be touched on some more in The Last Jedi. I think we see either another flashback or another element of that same flashback in the trailer. Okay. Um, but with J.J. coming back, like that's something I feel like he definitely needs to address. If it's not, for the most part, addressed in The Last Jedi. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah, sounds... That sounds fair. Yeah, yeah. That's that's something I think would be pretty important. It's definitely, to me, it was the thing people talked about most as far as like, ooh, what's this all about after The Force Awakens? Yeah. And uh, I hope that's not the extent of it that we get is in The Force Awakens. But I feel pretty good that it's not. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. So next up, we've got our buddy Sam. Hey, guys. A while back, we heard rumors of Frank Oz possibly being involved in Episode Eight. And rumors of a puppet Yoda. Uh, I don't recall the source of these rumors and haven't heard any confirmations. Uh, I'm going to say right now, you're probably not going to hear any confirmations till that damn ass movie comes out. Because if that's true and if it happens, they're going to keep that shit a real secret. Regardless, I still hold out hope of the return of a classic puppet Yoda. However, however, we recently learned that a puppet Snoke was built just for the purposes of pre-production interaction with the actors and lighting references. I wonder if there is a puppet Yoda, if it'll just be a stand-in and replaced or augmented with CGI. What do you guys think? Which would you prefer? 100% practical Yoda, CGI assisted like Uncar Plutt, or 100% generated lovable green guy? Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, if Yoda is in The Force Awakens, I can't see him being in a ton of The Force Awakens. Right. Would it be easier for them to just CGI him? Uh, I, I would think it would be if he, especially if he's Force Ghost Yoda. Like, are they going to mm-hmm. build a whole puppet and then film it and do like the crazy Force Ghost and do special effects on it? Yeah. I mean, maybe they would. I, I'm telling you right now, I'd be stoked to see Puppet Yoda back, especially if they nail sort of the Empire Strikes Back, okay. Return of the Yoda look or Return of the Jedi look. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know how likely it is. I got, I just got a feeling that before this trilogy is over, we're going to see some Force Ghost action of some point, of some sort. Um, I hope we do. But, I mean, honestly, the one I'm holding out hope for is I want to see that Anakin ghost. Like, yeah. that's what I really want. Me too, man. It would be so cool. You know... That, that would tie everything together, like, so well. Mm-hmm. It would. It, it, the thing... Anakin... Slash Darth Vader plays such a big presence in this sequel trilogy already without mm-hmm. being on screen. Like the whole Vader helmet, the whole Kylo aspiring to be Darth Vader thing yeah. plays such a huge presence that I can't see them addressing it somehow. And if the opportunity was there to have Ghost Anakin show up and they just didn't do it because they were afraid of like, oh, people didn't like Hayden Christensen, then I think that's lame. Yeah. You know, if if they completely avoid it for that reason, then I'm not stoked on that. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I, I would really be stoked to see that. I, I would love 
for nothing more than that to be something that surprised me in The Last Jedi. Like going to see that open at night, and I'm like, holy shit, they did it. Ghost Anakin. And, you know, Kylo has that whole line to the helmet where he's talking about, show me again. So Kylo's had some sort of vision or something. Right. Like, yeah, I think you're in the same place. Like maybe he has had that kind of like force back or something. mm -hmm. Force has shown him something too. Yeah, but I'm so curious to see where it goes. I kind of think that like if he did see something, it would be um, like an illusion created by Snoke or manipulation by Snoke because – I definitely like don't. It wouldn't be Anakin, is what you're saying, right? Not really. I don't see the right. real Anakin Force Ghost or or something come into Kylo and being like, you know what you need to do, kill all. You need those to finish people. what I started. Yeah, I I just don't see that. So to me, yeah. and that's an interesting concept. Kylo or or Snoke having some sort of heretofore unseen uh, dark side power where he can like make people see visions or yeah. manipulate them in that way. That's fascinating. I like that idea. Yeah, so, that's really cool, actually. We'll see. I like the idea that, like, yeah, no, I, I'm with that because I think I agree with you in the sense that I think that whatever he saw, whatever he saw on the dark side or whatever, I don't think it was it's Anakin because I yeah. don't think Anakin would tell him to finish what he started unless it was like, yo, can you finish destroying the Sith like I started? <laughs> so if if and if Kylo touched the helmet and had his own little force back. Did he just see the the history of Anakin as Darth Vader and think like, oh, that shit was cool. That's what I need to do. You right. know, did it conveniently leave out the part where he turned good and killed the Emperor and sacrificed right. himself in the process? Now, he I know, knows about. Yeah. Like in the book and stuff. Yeah. They talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. Snoke is like, what's the one? What was Anakin Skywalker's one downfall? Where did he fail most? And Kylo's like, turn him back to the light. Um, yeah, they were like, he had a heart, homie. He yeah. fucked up. Yeah, so, I don't know. The The Kylo thing is going to get much more interesting going forward. I'm excited to see where they take that. I'm excited at the prospect of Force Ghosts. I would be stoked to see a puppet Yoda. I don't know how likely it is, but we'll see. We will see. Once you add the flashbacks into Star Wars, which they kind of did for the first time with The Force Awakens, things get a little murky. Like with like before you could say, eh, you know, if they did Yoda, maybe they would they would have to do it in Force Ghost form. But now that we got flashbacks and force backs or whatever, who's to say that Ray doesn't see Yoda training Luke or something or some right. unseen like scene with Yoda? Attorney. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> all right. So uh, next up, we got our buddy Josh. On this week's episode, you talked a lot about whether or not Luke will leave Achto. I think it'll go something like this. On Achto, Ray senses her friends needing help, so she tells Luke she's got to go and wants him to come with her. But he's grumpy like Yoda and wants her to finish her training and refuses to go with her. Chewie and Ray take the Falcon and go to Crate. We've seen footage of both Ray and Chewie in what seems to be the briefing room on Crate. Have we seen footage of that? Of Ray and Chewie on the briefing room in Crate? Maybe in the behind uh, the scenes or something. I I don't know. I've seen her on crate in the costume. Yeah, yeah, I, I have too in the behind the scenes and yeah. Lego sets and stuff like that. I don't know about a briefing room. Yeah, which would mean they were, were arrived before the battle. 
Meanwhile, Luke is talking to either R2 or maybe Yoda slash Obi-Wan ghosts on Octu and comes to his senses that his friends need help. He says, fuck it, lifts his X-Wing out of the water <laughs> like a badass and leaves Octo. Back on crate, the resistance is getting fucked up and they're going to lose. Out of nowhere, in comes Luke and his X-Wing to save the day, just like a Han in A New Hope. The resistance win the battle because of Luke and we get a sweet Luke and Leia reuniting after the battle. Love the show and you guys, Josh from Minnesota. Hey, man. Yeah. I can't argue that that'd be kind of neat. I just don't know how well that X-Wing's going to work being under <laughs> the ocean that long. I keep hearing people talk about that, so I'm guessing it's a spoiler or something that I don't know anything about. <laughs> so, Oh, uh, well, it's... supposed it's, to be a heavy rumor. It's on a, it's on a Tops card. Okay. Hello? That his X-Wing is underwater? Well, it, it's by no means confirmed. I'm like you. I avoid pretty much anything okay. but like baseline product spoilers so on the tops card it's luke and ray and octu and off the side of a cliff like it shows the ocean and it looks like there's a blue and white x-wing under the water huh. um, okay. it's definitely the sort of the model from the force awakens where the engines are more of that uh macquarie style yeah um so you know, like I said, I, I, it seems pretty likely. I just don't know if there, if his X-wing is underwater on Octo and it's been there for since he's been there. I, I don't know how likely it is he can whip that bitch up out of the water and just hop in the seat and fly off. I mean, I know it's. I Star think it's Wars. likely he can lift that bitch out of the water. Oh, for the, sure. Yeah, hop and see it. Is it is it gassed up? Is R two gonna have to like <laughs> do a once over on it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It would be cool to like, see Luke swoop in to save the day in some fashion, though. Oh, I'd be so excited. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know how I feel about him just, like, running in like a pilot, though. Like, if I see Luke in action, like, I want to see him. In Jedi see action. Him, not just fucking, like, flying. Because I know if I'm, oh, that's right. He's supposed to be a badass pilot, just like his father. But, like, the Luke that I know that takes action is, like, face-to-face, -face, dog. Yeah. Now, I, I agree with you. Man, would it be neat and unexpected like mm -hmm. since they announced the sequel trilogy the only luke i can imagine is jedi master luke green lightsaber in hand mm -hmm. mega force powers being the hero you know something i never even considered or thought about is like badass old luke x-wing pilot that would be so surprising yeah. to me and i'd be like yeah that's that's cool i mean I, han's still a badass pilot and yep. he's fucking older than luke so i definitely no couldn't I definitely prefer, like you say, more Jedi Luke than fighter pilot Luke, but it would be mm -hmm. cool to see. Well, you know what it is? I think it's more like the idea of the archetype. Because, mm -hmm. like, Han Solo is a badass pilot, and we accept it because that's what Han is. He's the, like, smooth flying pilot smuggler guy. And Luke is supposed to be. Yeah, we all picture him as this Jedi master guy. So, normally, you don't picture your Jedi masters flying around in X-Wings and doing fucking backflips in a vehicle and shit. You know, you were picturing our Jedi Masters, like our Obi-Wans and our Qui-Gons and our Council of Fools sitting in a circle being like, I don't think so, dog. What about yeah. the droid attack on the Wookiees? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So next up, we got Richie from Boston. He's got some more thoughts on the Han Solo movie. Hey, Haas and Will. It's Richie again. So and I fucked up. 
got it. Yeah. I've, I've got my idea, and I'm, I'm just kind of going through, you know, my thoughts on this Obi-Wan movie. I'm still on that track, even with all the news that's going on. Um, you guys were talking last week, you know, and I had mentioned some sort of maybe a face-off between Obi-Wan and Vader. Um, Hawes, I really do get your point on that meeting between them being on the Death Star. So it's kind of funny, this this moment sort of came to me as, you know, I listened to Blue Harvest, and then I watched The Force Awakens a little bit later. And you know that scene where Kylo Ren has Rey in his arms and he's getting on his ship, and Finn sees the two of them, and his eyes go wide, and he realizes what's happening. He starts chasing towards them and shit. So, in in my vision, that's how the Obi-Wan reveal of Vader could happen. So, like, again, I apologize to anybody who, you know, who, who thinks this is shitty fucking voicemail, but, you know, I'm trying to walk through it, too, because I think, I think the speculation end of it is fun, but Obi-Wan could sense, in, in my Obi-Wan movie, with the Hawes Burkhart rewrite, um, Obi-Wan could sense that there's a problem off-planet. He goes off-planet to some sort of imperial thing, because the, the Empire's fucking shit up. He's hiding off somewhere. He sees Darth Vader. He doesn't know what's going on until he hears someone address him as Lord Vader. And then, boom, fucking, that's when he realizes. Maybe you focus on Vader for a second. There's, Vader kind of takes a pause and then walks away. Because, you know, when he says in A New Hope, I sense something, a presence I've not felt since. And then he pauses and walks away. I don't know. Is that something else you could do? Because, you know, Obi-Wan also knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. Obi-Wan knows that name at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So now it all makes sense to me. All right. I've had my Eureka moment. What do you guys think? Take care. So what do you, we've talked about this a couple of times now. What do you mm-hmm. feel about the possibility of a, a Vader presence in the Obi-Wan spinoff movie? I don't think it's necessary or even slightly valid because I definitely feel like they're biding their time waiting for, you know, the new hope. You're like, Mm -hmm. that's the plan, supposedly. Then I also feel like they don't, I I feel like he doesn't need to see or hear Vader to know that he lived. I feel like connecting with the Force and him and Yoda and Qui-Gon, I feel like all of them together are going to be like, oh shit, dog. Oh shit, he got up. Yeah. He got up, didn't he? He got up. Yeah, that's like, definitely... I feel like they know through the Force, not necessarily through reports of this Darth Vader, which he does know the name. So even if that's the way that it happens, it makes sense. Like, if you remember, there was a series. Was it called Last of the Jedi? Do you remember that? Last? Maybe. There, it was a young reader, like, series. Oh, okay, okay. And it was basically supposed to be Obi-Wan after episode three going and doing his thing and then, like... One of his old Jedi friends who like left the Jedi Order so that somehow survived Order 66 was now joining what was going to be the Rebellion and went to go find Obi-Wan. And also like that's where he discovered that Vader lived because he saw him on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of coming back to me. 
you know, and I remember being like, you don't need to see him on TV, dude. Like, I think I like it's valid and I understand it, but I also feel like I understand that they have a deeper understanding with the force. And as they're doing these journeys and even as we're now getting things even deeper than that, like Yoda's showing up at Jedi temples when people walk in. I think mm-hmm. they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And see, this is the thing. Like, <clears throat> while it wouldn't be the worst thing for me if there was, I think, uh, to me, they can't have a full-on confrontation in the Obi-Wan right. movie. Um, but if there was some way to work a bit of Vader in there, like, mm-hmm. l- what if the movie opened up with, like, do you remember right after Revenge of the Sith, they Dark Horse did a one-shot comic of Darth Vader the whole story was there was this secret alcove of Jedi that were hiding Purge. out. Purge. And yep. Vader shows up and goes batshit on him. They they mess him up, though. Like, his armor gets yeah. all fucked up. Like, That's wh- basically the inspiring story to, like, most Saber Guild shows. <laughs> okay, right on. So wh- what if the movie opened with something like that? You know, with Vader finding these hidden Jedi, wiping them out. Yeah. Let's say one gets away and then finds his way to Obi-Wan. The thing is, if Vader senses Obi-Wan before A New Hope, I feel like Vader's obsession then becomes finding Obi-Wan. I, I feel like it was always kind of his obsession. Because yeah. even in Rebels, that's what he says to Ahsoka. He's like, finding the surviving Jedi, perhaps even Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's you know, true. Right? I forgot so about that. I feel like, I feel like Vader either thinks obi-wan like because i feel like obi-wan with his like hiding and his thing may be able to be better at hiding himself in the like i feel like they can sense vader's alive i feel like obi-wan can't sense if obi-wan's alive because obi-wan doesn't want him to does that make sense yeah yeah that does make sense and i know it just sounds stupid because you're like because you fucking want to shit i want a coke i don't have a coke but (laughs) we're not in our universe you know what i mean like i think the way that what Obi-Wan is doing, he's also hiding himself. And that I always thought that, you know what I mean? And I think Vader, he's not exactly hiding himself. He's just doing his dark side thing. And I think that, yeah, I feel like the last time when he doesn't finish that sentence, the last time I felt this presence was when I got my fucking arms and legs cut off and left on the side of a fucking mountain burning. Yeah. I feel like that's the end of that sentence, but at the same time, he doesn't finish the sentence. So if, he fucking ran into Obi-Wan 10 years prior. I do feel a little bit like it would take away because then he would know he was alive. I feel like right now, Vader doesn't know if Obi-Wan's alive, but he wants to find proof that he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of so how it's I those feel. two things. And every time he runs into a Jedi, that's what he's looking for. And nobody knows where Obi-Wan is. Also, the only people who know where Obi-Wan is, is Bale and maybe Mon Mothma. Yeah. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? uh, and Yoda. Yeah. You know, but he can't find Yoda either. I feel like the Jedi that he's capturing and purging are Jedi like Kanan and Jedi like like the, like Luminara, like people mm-hmm. that were just they fucking they escaped the one time, but they're still kind of on the run. Their clone troopers were like these motherfuckers were last seen on Kashyyyk and then they finally catch him. Yeah. You know? All right. So but he's <clears throat> always trying to get to Obi-Wan or find proof of Obi-Wan. So we're going to do one more voicemail and one more email. And then, like I said, we'll get to everybody else next week. We just got so many guys. I appreciate it. Um, but they're all good questions. They are. They're good. Uh, yeah. Next up, guys, we got uh, Ollie voicemail. What 
What's up, moisture farmers? It's your boy Ollie just dropping in on a day of gigantic directorial news in the Star Wars universe. Mainland. Now, I am sure Hawes and my boy Will just completely broke down all of the reactions and given their own take. But I wanted to take this question in a different direction. Hawes, I know you are a gigantic Lost fan. So I want to know, if you could take any element or character for J.J. to incorporate into Episode 9, whether it's a character or a theme or a type of character or even just something from the show and maybe stick it in as an Easter egg or, or just something that Lost fans would know, what would you choose? Sorry to drop this one on you. I know it's a little weighty. But I know you are a mega fan, and I just believe in you that you could come up with something quickly. Thanks a lot, guys. Love the show. Have a good one. Ooh. So, I don't know how much Lost and Star Wars crossover I want. Like, I love both things. I also like both things being separate. Lost references Star Wars a ton. You could tell those guys were yeah. were big yeah. fans. Um. I would think it would be neat, like just a little Easter egg. Like, what if there was like a, a view screen, and in Arabesh, the numbers for Lost were on there, or something like that. Like something that took a little while to pick up on, but then when yeah. you did, you're like, oh shit, he worked the numbers in. Oh, shit, um, or eight sixteen, whatever. <laughs> it was neat seeing Miles from Lost in The Force Awakens. That was cool, but at the same time, like I I don't know that character's name in Star Wars. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's Miles. Check it out. Uh, Admiral Statura. There you go. That's him. Um, I think. Uh, and then, like, some of the themes of Lost, I don't know that really mesh with Star Wars that well. Although you could do some neat light side, dark side type stuff with some of the yeah. mythology of Lost. That would work okay. Um, and I will go to my grave hoping that someday Terry O'Quinn gets cost, uh, cast in Lost <laughs> at some point. I would love to see. He doesn't even have to play a John Locke character, type mm -hmm. character, but just see. I, I think he's a good character actor. Yeah. I like him. I think he would be cool in a Star Wars role. It would take a little while to get used to because I'm so attached to John yeah. Locke. But I also feel like he would fit in that universe. Like he's got a good look that he could probably, you know, like I could see him in that universe. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. Uh, is there anything from Lost you'd like to see pop up? I know you've watched some of Lost. You know what, dude? I don't know if I told you. I finished it. Nice. What'd you think we about the ending? It. Interesting. I okay. thought it was cool. I did not like it or anything, but I just feel like I just feel like it kind of dragged. Like the last seasons dragged to get too too much to get me there. Like I, and I thought there was some really cool, interesting stuff that showed up in the last season with like the brothers and stuff like that. Like all of a sudden it was like a whole new story. Almost, you know what I mean? The but I also felt like, what the fuck about the other guys, though? Like, yeah, I, the other guys. I kind of feel like the brothers' storyline should have been introduced maybe a season, if not two, earlier. Right. That way you could spread it out more and give a little more information. Because yeah. um, it's interesting. I just, much like you, like sometimes I'm like, oh, get back to Jack and them. I want to see what's going on there. Yeah. Like, like for five seasons, I've been following these people and now I'm watching these two new people who I no longer have a connection to mm -hmm. because, well, not no longer. I just don't have a connection to because I was looking, at, you know, because they weren't introduced soon enough. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. like, I would really like, um, you know, there's just 
I love the mythology part. They could have started yeah. explaining it a little earlier. That right. way, a lot of season six at times felt like an info dump, and it felt like an info dump that wasn't complete in its explanation. And I feel like if they had introduced some of that earlier, it would have helped. Yeah, I definitely like like the mythology stuff is like the fun stuff that I really really liked, mm -hmm. and then the idea that there was like more than just because the whole beginning, like I thought that all the mythology was connected because everything sort of points to this Dharma initiative or whatever. Then once you get deeper, it gets away, and there's like other things that was happening. You know what I mean? Like right. so, there's a whole separate stuff. I I did like the show, and I was glad I watched it. I don't know if I'll do it again. Fair but enough. I do know that I enjoyed the beginning seasons much more than I enjoyed the later seasons. Okay. But um, I think I already gave my answer just because I'm going to stick with Phasma. I just feel like yeah. she was straight out of Lost. <laughs> like dude, I feel I, like she's Terry okay, O'Quinn, dude. You couldn't. You got to tell me. You you had to cut a couple of onions. I don't want to get too into it. Um, All right. Just because in case people are watching. I hate to take away some of the surprises, but... There's a right. certain scene in the last episode of Lost involving a dog. Oh, man, that got oh, me. Okay. <laughs> I actually, like, it wasn't the, like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was really good, dude. <laughs> okay, I do remember, like, now, but um, I think a lot of the stuff that I really, really enjoyed, especially, at, like, that was earlier stuff where, like, the dudes in the, uh, where the dude writes the message on his hand. Yeah, yeah. Like that was one that really, and like that was a person who I didn't even really like. And then all of a sudden that happened and I was like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. And then um, what was the other one? There was another one that I really, really liked. And I, I want to say it was Jin. There oh, were a few yeah. moments with, with Jin and Sun in particular. Oh, like, there yeah. are some of my favorite characters on that show. The, their, yeah. their episode that wraps up their storyline, um, man, we watched that in a big group and there were some grown ass men. Who were really upset. That's all yeah, I'll say. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to finish off with one more voicemail. I don't know how much ex uh, discussion there will be uh, concerning this one. Our buddy Steve, Steve Ad, uh, I uh, called him in for a special little opening to this episode <laughs> that you guys have already heard. And he sent in a voicemail to go along with it. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys. Uh, next week, we will get to Sam's other two questions. Uh, we've got a new writer whose name I do not how to pronounce. know how to pronounce. I believe it's Bjorgen. Bjorgen? Buddy, I hope I didn't butcher that. <laughs> we'll get to your question, Ed, and, of course, a little word from our boy, Soar's Bandim. So you guys have that to look forward to. Uh, nice. But this is what Steve had to say. Oz and Will, my moisture farming brothers. How the hell are ya? It's Steve D here. It's been a little while since I sent a voicemail. We communicate fairly regularly on Twitter, so when I, I even turn into a stranger, still listening to every show. You know that already, though, dude. <laughs> JJ Abrams? <laughs> yeah! I am <laughs> so excited. This is in great hands. All the people that are on the official pages making crappy comments crying about rehash this and remake that I love it I love watching the butthurt it's delicious episode 9 December 2019 coming in hot baby yeah 
<laughs> if J.J. Abrams was a wrestler, like a professional wrestler, Steve Ad would be like his hype man, his promoter. <laughs> nice. I would I would pay to see that. Oh man. Um, yeah, like I said, we pretty much discussed it. We're both excited. Not much to discuss, but man, it's it's good to hear that Steve is excited as well. Well, buddy, thanks for taking the time to record with me early this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Love chatting Star Wars, my brother. Why don't you let our good listeners know where they can hook up with you on social media and all that good stuff? Uh, I'm everywhere on social media. My Facebook page is The Rogue Rebels. Um, My Twitter and Instagram is Salamic Music. If you like to hear me podcast, I also podcast over at Now This Is Podcasting, also on the MSW Podcast Network. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, if you just want to keep up with my family and stuff, everything's at theroguerebels.com. Yeah, you guys have been doing this cool little segment or feature, I guess, where you're going through uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s cookbook. Oh, yeah, dude. That is fucking wonderful for real life. Yeah. Because then you get to eat that shit. Yeah, it looks pretty delicious, I gotta say. Yeah, there's good stuff, dude. Um, uh, yeah, Lizzie is going to chef school, so tell that really to Will cool. Witten. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they should get together and have a, like, fucking Star Wars chef special. Oh, that would be cool. You know, so uh, it's going to be a little while, but Will and I have started talking and, and getting stuff together to eventually uh, possibly do a Blue Harvest Patreon page. And Cooking with Will is definitely going to be uh, an element of that. And I can think of no better reason. Me, you, Will, Lizzie, we get on a podcast, let the two actual chefs hash it out while we act, ask dumb questions uh-huh. and stuff. Oh, we just talk about how delicious that sounds? Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's definitely yeah, something good, there. though. We, we'll definitely have to make that happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's... <laughs> in the meantime... If you guys like our theme song, please check out the band who was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them at uh, iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.com. We got a Tee Public store. By the way, new shirt available. I'm going to put it up right around the time I put this uh, episode up. It's Porg Life. If you're about living that Porg Life, we got a shirt for you. That's right. Blue Harvest now got two Porg t-shirts going all in on the Porg t-shirts. Um, our buddy Evan knocked it out of the park again, as he always does. Uh, found a really, in my opinion, funny and awesome way to incorporate Ben Layton's awesome Blue Harvest logo. So check that out when you got a chance. And uh, if it interests you, maybe get a t-shirt. They're going to be on sale all weekend since we're putting it up this Friday. So... Uh, and T Public always does sales, so just keep a guy, an eye out for that sort of thing. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for Blue Harvest. Uh, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Sal. May the force be with you. Peace.